wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Yes, that's the part we needed, Griffin. Yes. From uh, Coming to America, obviously, years ago. It happened last night. Who would have ever thought it? It was a ripping victory for the New York Giants. The oblong ball as they defeated the Green Bay Packers. Weird night. Weird, weird night. Just like ESPN told it, the moment that they went to that Red Zone Channel concept, all the games are going to get good. It's a heck of a doubleheader. They knew. They knew. How dare you, stupids, suggest otherwise. Wild night. Obviously, that uh, was a big story, but for us locally, the bigger story is the Miami Dolphins losing and the Ravens now by themselves as the number one seed in the AFC. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma. To reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Told you to bet the Titans. Told you. I tried telling you yesterday that number didn't make sense. Now that I think they were going to win, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. And when they went down by 14, I was like, well, it might be a push. But still, I'll take it. I'm like uh, Ken from the Barbie movie. I want to push you around. Well, I will. I will. I want to push you down. Well, I will. I will. I want to take you for granted. I'll take it for granted because you got to win, baby. Titans. Rally. Down 14 in the final three minutes. Unreal. Got a lot of thoughts. Like, the first thought is I think we're overreacting to the... um, you know, like, okay, is it a good thing for the Ravens? Sure, it's a good thing for the Ravens. It's a great thing. It's not a great thing because it doesn't change the fact that you're still going to have to beat the Dolphins. Like, that that part doesn't change. It creates a what if you beat, what if you had beat the Dolphins and lost to the 49ers and Jaguars kind of scenario. Like, it creates a backup plan to a backup plan to back up your backup plan. But the reality is you're still going to have to beat the Dolphins, almost certainly. Now, unless the Dolphins really are as fraudulent as maybe at times we thought they might be against good teams, like they still have to play the Bills, too. There, it's not as if there isn't still a world in which you couldn't. If somehow the exact math is you lose the Dolphins, but you do beat the 49ers and the Jaguars, which is kind of strange math, but... Let's just say that's what happens. It'd be really weird if you go out to San Francisco and beat the 49ers and turn around and lose at home to the Dolphins. But if that were to be the case... Yeah, the NFL, baby. There's math now where if the yeah. Dolphins, say, lose to the Bills... I think they have one other uh, real team they, on their uh, schedule. They have the Cowboys. Yeah, they still have the Cowboys the as well. 18. If they were to lose one of those two games, again, you've created a backup plan. But focus is shifting. Going into last night, you probably needed to beat the Dolphins. Coming out of last night, you probably needed to beat the Dol- You probably need to beat the Dolphins. 
the 49ers game was always the game that you could look at and say, yeah, you could probably survive losing that one. It's not a conference game. doesn't hurt you anymore. It's the one that you... The only one you're not going to be favored to win the rest of the way. So that doesn't change. It it does it does give you some padding. It does give you some cushion. It's it look, I, I'm not going to pretend like it isn't a good thing to have the other teams around the top of the AFC lose. It's just that uniquely on this one because it's a team still left on your schedule, you're still probably going to need to beat them. This is still most likely going to come down to what the Ravens do versus what the Dolphins did. But I get it. It feels good. It's nice to be sitting alone. You feel like, uh, you know, you get a little more respect. People will tell you a little bit prettier. Where's Carson to tell us that we're pretty? You could use that. Yeah, we could. Yeah, that's, that's the, the cue is that you, you don't have to have me ask for it. The cue you are so pretty. Thank you, Carson. Appreciate it. One of these days, one of these days. We're going to lock it all up. We're going to be a, uh, a well-oiled machine. I keep promising it. I don't know when it's going to come. One of these days. Probably by the time Griffin's finally given up and said, I need to get a nice job in finance. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be the day <laughs> that everything would be like, well, we were so close. We almost had it. We almost got there, but, you know, just. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. It's, yes, yes, I get it. It's worth enjoying a little bit, but I would just say maybe not too much. The one, number one seed wasn't determined last night for the playoffs. There's four weeks of football to do that. The Ravens this week are going to face a desperate Jacksonville Jaguars team on the road and a crowd that will likely be frothing at the mouth Jaguars, or at least Trevor Lawrence, has not been like they just they, they don't play well at home for some reason. It's fine, I understand that, but that doesn't mean it's not the notion that well, just cancel the game then. <laughs> it was up to the college football committee, yeah. Man. <laughs> right, they would just decide that we yeah, know how I, the game would play out, right? So we can just go ahead and advance these teams to the playoffs. Um, cart horse, nothing's been determined. There's still a lot of work to do. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to enjoy it. Enjoy it. It was fun. Hell, it was a fun football game, even if it had no impact on the Ravens, right? How many times do you see that? What were the what was the record of teams and uh that were trailing uh by inside four? three minutes? It uh, was something like oh and hundred and sixty two or at something. At least in like regulation, that? yes. That was the no team they'd said no team in regulation had ever come back to win while down 14 with less than three minutes to go. Ever? Ever. I don't think it was ever. Inside regulation, to win in regulation. I think it was like in the last... I think the stat that was going around was like in the last some number of years. I saw... Hang on a second. Guess Uh, guess we'll find. First team. Now we're just going to... Now people get to listen to us search the internet. To rally from down to 14 in three minutes. I could have sworn I saw that no team, because that was the like, the cutoff. It's like teams have come back and won in overtime, but like coming back from completely. But t- teams have come back, well, they were down 14. You can't be down 14 in overtime. You, you were down 14 with less oh, than three minutes. Oh, forced to overtime. You're and saying that it was unique to win. to win an overtime bec- or regulation because they went for two. Yeah. That, okay, now I understand what you're trying to say, yes. and that might be possible. That might be possible. 
I'll I'll it give is. you that. But that's less night. that's less that's not the stat that was going around last night. That's more of an anomaly than it is, you know, the, the proof definitive proof of how unlikely it is because at at, at a per- certain point in the history of football, teams didn't go for two when they were down by 14. That only started um, the answer is they were the first team to come back from down 14 points in the final three minutes to win a game in seven years. That was the stat that uh, was going around. The first time that's happened in seven years. In the last time, yeah, because... And uh, I st- it was something yeah, like, Saints. oh, and 160, whatever. I don't remember what the number was, but I understand now that we were on different wavelengths. Okay. So your, your, your stat is still rele- or it's still fact. It's just not as relevant because it, teams just didn't do that. It's not something that teams were doing until the last five years or so where teams started going for two when they were down by 14. And it's different in every circumstance. I've, I came around on that. I understand the thought process. I still think there are teams that probably aren't as well off going for two. Somebody had this happen to them recently where they went for two the first time and they failed and then they were down by eight late and... I don't know. We could yeah, be here all I day. Mean, I'm not going to bother. It's not. It's not. Times, yeah. It's not all that relevant. So yeah, uh, Wild Night, Wild Night, the Tommy DeVito legend. God, it's like everything with his agent last night. My God, it's just the content is so overwhelming. You prefer that or Taylor Swift? Does it? Oh, that by a billion. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's gold. Like, that is everything that you could ask for in the world. But it's it's very, it, it comes off very Jeremy Lin-esque, like very yeah. Tim Tebow. Like, we're enjoying it's it for New a York. moment and yeah. kind of pretend. Well, Tim Tebow wasn't New York. Yeah. Um, like, we can enjoy it for a moment, but let's not pretend like it, it's something that it isn't. We'll see. Let's not. I'm not saying Tommy DeVito can't be make, an NFL make quarterback. Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. You know you what? Know what? It, it would make more sense today than Deion Sanders did. Um I'm not saying it couldn't continue. I don't know. I can't see the future. I would be very surprised. The folk hero status is going to make it difficult on the New York Giants. That's the tough part for them. Like, if somehow they win a few more games the rest of the year, they're going to be in a difficult spot because they paid Daniel Jones so much money, and now they have a folk hero on their hands. And no one in New York cares about Daniel Jones. He's like the most indifferent... New York sports figure that anyone could ever have. Like, there's not quite enough there to hate him. There's certainly nothing there to make you like him. He's just kind of there. Like, yeah, you know, it's um, it's Bill Burr talking about that pumpkin beer and that Saturday Night Live. Like, I don't know if I didn't have anything else, maybe I'd drink it. Like, it's 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 impossible for them to win. They're in a weird spot with that. Where it's fun, but it's not actually going to lead to anything. And the only thing it might lead to is an awkward conversation in the offseason where they're like, right, but you understand he's not our quarterback. Like, we, we paid a lot of money to the other guy. And there everybody else is like, right, but he's milk toast. He's the, he's the most average Joe in the history of average Joes. Fun. It was disappointing for the Packers. I think a lot of us had been believers in the Packers. Now, clearly it hurt them to not have Christian Watson on the field, who had arguably been their best player over the stretch that they had won going back to November. So 
I don't know if they can just say, hey, all's good next week. If we get Christian Watson back, everything will be fine. Maybe. I, I know everybody was killing Matt LaFleur for all of the jet sweeps. I mean. Let's run another jet sweep to Jalen Reed. It was a weird, weird, it worked weird. It once. Right. And so they decided let's do it a hundred more times. It's a very weird play It was the Giants. They can't defend it every time. It was very strange. Uh, I don't need ever again for there to be a Monday night with two games at the same time. You can just stagger them. I just don't understand why they called it a doubleheader. Right. Well, yeah, it's definitely not that, but I don't really care. It's not even a doubleheader when they stagger them. Like, they just don't have another word for it. They haven't decided what they can use in order to describe what it is they're viewing. My point being, like, kick one game off at 7 o'clock, kick the other game off at 8.30. Let us have football to watch all night. Not hard. Here, your old pal GC can help you out. Everything's going to be okay. Love you. Bless you, football gods. And yes, I am depressed thinking about the fact that we only have a few more weeks of football left. I'm, I'm not handling it well. I'm eating my feelings. The other thing that was going around last night on uh, Raven's Twitter was the idea that like somehow the events of last night clinched the, the fear that the Ravens-Dolphins game on New Year's Eve will be flexed into Sunday Night Football. I'm not really sure why everybody started coming to that conclusion last night. Because the Packers lost? Um, What's the scheduled game right now? Packers-Vikings oh, okay. is the scheduled game. And it's one of those things where I get it. Ravens-Dolphins as a game appears to be a much better game than Packers-Vikings would be. But... Packers-Vikings is still really relevant in the NFC playoff picture. I And, I don't know if you heard, the Packers are a pretty strong brand. Well, maybe they don't have the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre yet. I know Jordan Love hasn't gotten there. The Packers are still a really strong national brand that the networks like to have in primetime spots. And... Despite the fact that those teams are a combined 13 and 13 on the year, they currently both hold playoff spots in the NFC, which suggests that in two weeks, that could perhaps be an even more relevant game for landing a playoff spot. So I understand why it is that you think Ravens Dolphins is a better game, and you think that Ravens Dolphins. If the NFL was just picking based on the quality of game, should be the Sunday night football game that week. But that's not really the way that they go about choosing these things. For example, there is no Monday night game that week. The month because it's New Year's Day, and so they're the, they're uh, the deferring playoff. to the college football playoff because it's also owned by ESPN, right? So they're moving Monday night football to Saturday night that week. They're that playing a heck of a doubleheader. What? Go triple, month, I guess uh, triple header. Yeah, there's two playoff games and an NFL game. So they moved, the they moved Monday Night Football to Saturday night. And I don't even remember. I think it's the Lions. The Cowboys are playing the Lions. They're not moving off of that. It's the Cowboys in primetime. Oh, and by the way, they're really good this year. They're not getting rid of that. The 420 national game on CBS that day is Chiefs-Bengals. And I get it. Like, on paper, Dolphins-Ravens is a better game. 
but Chiefs-Bengals is also a really good game with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and maybe Taylor Swift. I don't know that CBS is moving off of that game. It's this weird thing where we both want to be told that we're pretty, but yet uniquely on New Year's Eve, people don't want the Ravens to be playing at night. It's also kind of bizarre. Why wouldn't the NFL have just picked a West Coast game for that Sunday night game that week? Like, people do have plans on New Year's Eve. Like, why not make it easier on everybody? Hey, you could go to a football game and still go out for New Year's Eve. Pick a, I don't even know who the 49ers would be. Put, put a big a 49ers game in prime time and done. Solved your problem for you. An L.A. game. Niners Play it at 5, yeah. 5.15. And it's over by 8.30 and everybody can still go out and enjoy their New Year's Eve. Glenn Clark, consultant. Available for hire. Why don't they have you do? Why, why don't they have you in charge of? I'm here every, to help, everything. man. I'm here to help. Niners. Oh, the Niners are in Washington. Well, nobody make. wants that, and it doesn't solve the problem. Are any of the West Coast teams at home? Are any of the West Coast teams at home? Seattle hosts the Steelers. No. Pittsburgh's no. a big market always. It's a big market. Or at least the Steelers. I guess I should say the Steelers. And I mean, I get it. Those two teams are both still in the hunt, but Rams are at the Giants. Chargers are at Denver. Yeah. What are they? What are they thinking? Look, man, Seattle's again, the only well, I mean, some of this might be that some of these cities host bowl games. That might be part of the problem mm-hmm. there. Although, they don't. San Francisco hosts a bowl game like midweek that week. Raiders are away? Like what? Uh, yeah, the Las Vegas Bowl is like this week. The L.A. The LA Bowl is this week, and then the Rose Bowl is not played at the, um, the football. What the hell is going on? The only team that it makes they sense would be on the road won, is Arizona. Arizona is the only team that should logically be on the road there. Because they have, they are on the road. They're at Philly, right? Because they got to host the Fiesta Bowl mm-hmm. that week. That's the only team that logically should be on the road. Everybody else could be at home, and you would have an option to pick a Sunday night game that was on the West Coast and didn't interrupt everybody's New Year's Eve plans. I just give and I give and I give and I give. <laughs> you know, so, I so so nice. I just can't. I I, I can't. I don't know what else I can do to help you guys. You gotta, you gotta want the help, is really what this comes down to. NFL, you have to want the help, and it just feels like you don't. It feels like you don't want the help. Anyway, uh, the other thing too, because it's a late season game, they can wait until six days out. So they might not even announce it until Christmas. And I know that that's frustrating because Ravens fans are like, hey, I'd like to know if I can go to the game and make New Year's Eve plans or if I have to pick one or the other. And these are the things that we're annoyed by. This conversation was very loud about the idea of being able to flex Monday or Thursday night football. Like, hey, you are impacting people's plans in their lives. What the NFL is telling you is don't make plans. Don't. We are a television-based league. And that's a tough thing for people that still like going to the games and want to go to the games and want to have that they are they are betrothed to television. Every decision will be made based on what's best for television and nothing else. So I get the frustration. I mean, Rita and I were actually trying to make some kind of plan for that day. We had a thought of something that we could do. But it's difficult. You want to make plans. You don't know if the game's actually going to go off when it does. And that's the it's kind of the reality of the circumstances. That's there's nothing you can do about that. 
All right. In uh, just a second, Josh Bynes is going to join us, former Ravens linebacker, uh, made his retirement official over the weekend with the Baltimore Ravens. We'll check in with him in just a second. Later on in the program, of course, all of our regular Tuesday stuff, uh, including Patrick Stevens, as well as Joe Serpico from Pressbox for Waiver Wire Wednesday. I got eliminated in one league last night, and Steve Johnson let me know about that, it. That was cold, cold, man. Kept receipts. The, Kept receipts. the Titans game made me lose. I, I still made the playoffs. I snuck in with the six oh, yeah. seed. But I, I, was, I did not. I had the Dolphins defense. Yeah. So while I was 27-13, I was up by a point. Mm-hmm. I ended up losing by five. Yeah, I had Tua. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. He had been pretty good all season. Not last night. John Proctor eliminated me in the press box league. Oh, he, did he get in? No, he didn't get in. Oh, he okay. was awful. Thank God. He was awful. But yeah. I, I like because Tyreek Hill didn't do it, didn't do enough. He had Tajay Spears. I'm stumbling in him the play. and Joe Flacco knocked me out of the playoffs. How about that? How about that? Now how you feel about him? Now how you feel about him? Love him. Um, uh, also, we'll get to uh, County Sports Zone Radio with our guy Wes Brown. All that coming up on a Tuesday edition of the program. I told you last night to bet the Titans. Told you. Did you listen to me? You should have. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Tonight, Maryland favored by 21.5 against Alcorn State. Don't know how you feel about that. Don't know. I think I think they can cover that. I think. But not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. They got to make their shots and they're not very good at that. That's part of the problem. That's the number for tonight. Ravens on Sunday, three and a half point favorites on the road in Jacksonville. Is the hook enough for, to make you want to jump on the Jags? Go right now, Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Yes. We we will check in with Josh Bynes later in the second hour of the program. He had a few things pop up, uh, so so, uh, he he felt bad about it, but he'll he'll be able to hop on with us later on. See if he can call Steve Johnson. Okay. just, Just check in, see if he's got a minute that we can hash some things out. Got some. Uh, we will we'll chat with Josh Bynes later on in the program. Got some things I got to deal with. Not, I mean, I'm not mad at him. Want to make that abundantly clear. He knows we were texting last night. I'm not mad. He was right. Um, John in Little Rock says Dolphins are done. A number, another December swoon. They are frauds. Well, okay, I get why you feel that way. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. They were a much different team when Tyreek Hill was on the field than when he wasn't. Which, by the way, example number eight billion of why Tyreek Hill should have been an MVP conversation and not to a tongue of Iloa. So I'm not ready to overreact to what happened last night with the Dolphins because it felt like so much of it was related to whether Tyreek Hill was on the field or wasn't. And I don't know the extent of where they're at with Tyreek Hill moving forward. So I'm not going to overreact to that. One. Two, 
I still think it was questionable that late in the game, when they were faced with, what, fourth and one and a half or so, they we, we killed John Harbaugh over this on Sunday. At the end of the game, this debate of whether you would rather put a defense back on the field to face a team that now has four downs to go down the field or just try to pick up the first down yourself, if, if you know you're two yards away from the game being over, from them not having enough timeouts and you being able to run out the clock, I will eternally ask whether you're really better off putting your defense back out there or just going and trying to get the two yards yourself. And I don't know the answer. Smarter men than I. I don't know what the, you know, the, the AI, what do they call the thing, like, that tells you whether you should go for it or not in those circumstances. I don't, the bot, I don't know what the bot said last night when the Dolphins decided to punt on their penultimate drive of the game. But the first thought I had after the Tua scramble that got him back within, like, two yards was if I were the Dolphins, I would just go for it. I would just try to go pick it up. Now, as I said, it was a tough night for me last night, and this guy had been sitting on it for a little while. He had not forgotten. He is our friend. I thought, I thought he was my friend. Maybe, maybe the truth is he's my mortal enemy and he hates me. I'm not sure. He is uh, our own and uh, former Orioles pitcher Steve Johnson, and he's with us this morning now here on GCR. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Are, are we friends? Are we? Are we? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I. I know we've never been like besties, but I always thought that we were cool, right? Like, I think. Yeah. The, yeah I, I, I think our relationship dates back in 2006. You and your dad came in to see me when I was working at 105.7. I was probably one of the first people to ever interview you in this market. I thought we were yeah, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, but you did you did put me on blast earlier in the season. And, I mean, and you didn't forget. I, I, I didn't. You didn't forget. <laughs> That's the wildest part about all of this to me. So here's here's what happened. Back on October first, I had faced Steve Johnson in the what was this? This would have been week four of the fantasy football season. I believe so. Ah. <sighs> I said, sure, Steve Johnson was a key contributor to a team that won 93 games in 2012, but I imagine he would give up each and every one of them to not have to eat this L today. And it's because on that day, my team won by, what, 80 points against you? Is that the way that it worked? It was, it was a blowout it, that particular day. It was, it was rough, yeah. So I was having a little fun. That's all. Just having some fun. I don't I don't think you would actually give up any of those wins. I didn't mean it. I was just having some fun with you. Uh and you said, like a gentleman, rough week, long season though. And apparently you jotted it down. <laughs> In which I ask, you're not that guy from uh Billy Madison that's like <laughs> <laughs> like gonna end up going back and Extracting revenge on all of your enemies, are you? You're not that guy. Oh, no. no, not at all. <laughs> no, are you sure? Are, am I learning something about you as a competitor? Do you, did you have more psychopath in you than I realized? I, I mean, not really. It's just it just happened the way it happened. You know, you just happened to be the. Uh, I was actually, you know, hoping that you'd still get in, but because so, you want to knock me out in the playoffs, you should have yeah. beat me by more on week four. <laughs> I needed, by the way, miss the playoffs by ten and a half points. 
Ten and a half points was the difference. I, as I said to Steve, and Steve's right. I shouldn't have started Isaiah Likely over Dallas Goddard. But if I had, if I had started Isaiah Likely over Dallas Goddard, I'd be in the playoffs, and Eric Arditi, our friend, would be out. Mm. So I really am not handling this quite well. Steve, I got to give him credit. Yesterday saw this coming and was, was being a gentleman about it. He texted yesterday and said, going to be a close one tonight. I want that six seed. And I hadn't even looked, right? And so I looked, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I, I'm in trouble. And I knew I was in trouble, but I still thought, like, I got Tua. I'm going to be okay. Like, this is the Dolphins we're talking about. They're pretty, I don't know if you've heard, man. They're pretty good offensively. Well, they were <laughs> until last <laughs> night. Until last night. <sighs> you've been sitting on it the entire time. When did, you, when did you realize that you could pull that back up? How long had you been thinking about revisiting what I had said to you back on October 1st? <laughs> I, really, I really didn't until, until it was final. I, obviously, I didn't think uh, I needed one of two people to lose, and I needed to win to, to even have a shot. But, but you remembered um, it. You clearly remembered it to pull it back up. Well, when, when it happened to be you that got knocked out, I, I felt like, oh, he did say something in week four to me. I, I, I might, uh, I might revisit. Oh man! Okay. Did you keep like like for example, when you were pitching, did you remember somebody who stared at a home run? Um, you know the guys that may have done it, but it, it's for me. Yeah, the next time I may have wanted to strike them out. Or That's I'm not. Like I'm that, not suggesting you were going to hit them. You're like you know throw one at their head. I'm not suggesting that. But like, yeah, <laughs> that you remembered and that you were a little bit, that you had a little bit more pep in your step when you got him out the next time, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, the guys that did it a little bit too long. Yeah, sure. Right. The guys that maybe enjoyed themselves a little bit too much in that moment. You were yeah, like, uh, my, my, my thought process was that if, if they hit a good one and it's worth staring at, I'm probably staring at it too. So not, not a big deal. But my, my thing was that if they're still kind of lingering, around home plate when that ball goes over the fence. I had a little issue with that. Okay. Uh, you know, just a little respect. It's like, hey, I respect that you want to look at it. I'm looking at it too. It's it pretty good. But, you know, let's let's have a little respect for me as well and, <laughs> and kind of get moving <laughs> as it comes time. You know, like 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 friends playing in a fantasy football matchup, not maybe uh, put you on blast on Twitter when you have a rough week. Oh God! I look, and that's the thing too. Is I, I, I have no choice. I have to tip my cap. I deserve it. I can't. I, I, I have no recourse. There's nothing that I can fall back on. I can't justify my actions. I can't say that. All I can do is say, "You got me. You got me, bro. You got me." That's all I can do here. I'm ashamed. I gotta have a sit down. We gotta have a real heart to heart. I'm gonna have to as an as a general manager. I'm gonna have to make some awkward decisions this off season. I think there are some guys that really disappointed me. Um, I don't know that I can trust Justin Jefferson moving forward. I just feel like I'm not going to be able to go back to the well if I have a high draft pick next year. I, I, he's a hell of a player, but he really – you know, as everybody says, your best avail- uh, uh, ability is availability, right? And Justin Jefferson simply was not available to me. And so I don't think that he and I will be uh, working together in the future. I, I just think that's the way it's going to have to go. Um, I feel like he hurt, well, he hurt a lot of guys that were, dude. you know, kind of – getting by without him there and they, and they get him back and he, the last week to finally hopefully take them into the playoffs there's a guy in our league that did the same thing there was there was a point oh. in the season where i felt like so overconfident about this team 
I was like, ha, ha, ha. I got all you suckers. I got all of you. <sighs> that wasn't the case. That was simply not the case. Okay, what do we? By the way, we all agree that the real problem with this league is we got to do something about our 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 commissioner, right? <laughs> like we, how do we have a league with no IR spot? How is that a uh, thing? Definitely tough. All right. definitely definitely tough to do that. Do we do we do like a hostile takeover in the off season? Do we do we you sit know, there? Maybe. Uh... Maybe you just put them on blast on Twitter again. And, you know what? You know, see what happens. <laughs> no, but then he's going to end up kicking my ass and reminding me about it. I realized not to mess <laughs> maybe, with the maybe baseball there's a player. Different result. <laughs> All right, I, I I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. That was that was fun. I give you credit. I don't like it. I'm not happy today, but I give you credit. That was really well done. What can uh, you want to remind everybody about? How you're making better baseball players. Yeah, I have a optimal baseball performance up in Bel Air, just helping guys, uh, younger kids, um, you know, get a little bit better at baseball and, and hopefully continue to play a long time and have more fun doing it. All right. Who do you play now in the playoffs, by the way? I got to decide if I'm going um, to or not. I, I, I don't even know. I haven't looked that far. Hang on a second. Yeah. All so, you cared about, all you cared about was talking. <laughs> sm- I just needed, yeah. I needed to get in first, you know? Hang on a second. There's got to be a schedule, right? Matchups are week 15. Uh, you would play. You've got oh I don't this is this is this is one of Ryan's friends I don't know who who is who is Mitch who is that I'm not sure damn it now I have to root for you I don't like that <laughs> and you would well, play and you would play Rip in the in the semifinal son of a bitch and he's a crooked commissioner so I'm gonna have no choice but to root for you I don't like this at all <laughs> also well, how how we letting Eric get in on a five game losing streak why couldn't we have had the college football playoff committee to step in and say, there's no way we can allow a team that's lost five straight games to be in the playoffs here. How do we not have uh, that in play? That's 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 rough. Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't, at least he put himself in a good position he early. Did. I mean, that's, that's all you can really say. Damn it! What are you in? Seven and seven, 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 and seven, seven, so and, seven and got me by ten points. Seven and two. Ten points. Oof. That's what he got me by. Son of a bitch. All right, pal. I love you. I uh, I have no choice but to respect you. Good luck in the playoffs. Let's talk again real soon. All right. All right. Have a good one. Steve Johnson, former Orioles pitcher. He saved that thing. That is some – that's Kevin Durant-esque, right? Like, that is yeah. next level. Dude, that, that tweet was two months and 11 days ago. Did he he replied to the initial tweet? Your, he your... retweeted it. Oh, okay. He went back, found the tweet, and retweeted it to talk s because I missed out on the playoffs and he snuck in on the last day. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely tip. De- I'm definitely tipping my cap to him. That's, I mean, yeah, that just, is that is almost just, just taking it, knowing that he'll be back and uh, and have his moment. Props to Steve. You got you got a lot of awkward decisions to make about. It's not a keeper league, so yeah, I can't I even. It's I not know. a keeper it's league always... at all. God, that was rough. That was really brutal. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, baseball, Stan the Fan and uh, Ross Grimsley and Luke Jackson got together yesterday. Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. You can check out that show right now. You can also find it YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online or PressboxOnline.com slash video. Stan, Ross, and Luke talking baseball every Monday, although I imagine they're going to have a couple weeks off coming up soon. I don't know what the plan is going to be for the holidays. But typically every Monday they're talking baseball throughout the course of the off season. When we come back in, we, speaking of fantasy football, although I'm out in one league, I am still alive in others. What? Uh, so yeah, so when I, when I said that uh, 
John Proctor had knocked me out, somehow I actually made it ah, because I outscored Kyle. There you go. Still alive. All, so I lost by point nine. So all I saw was that point nine, and mm-hmm. I was like, this it's is over. This, it's over. This well, is that's ridiculous. A, that's a nice I know. Now su- I just opened it. What a pleasant surprise. I know. I was like, right? oh, my God. I'm I not, lost. I'm I, not dead. I jumped the standing somehow after a loss, which is... That doesn't make a lick of sense. It doesn't. It All right. doesn't. Uh, uh, we'll come back in. We will preview. My spirits are high. <laughs> Your spirits are high. I got the number two seed. I actually have a buy in that league, apparently. I don't know how that's possible. My team Moss was or... mid. I don't... Uh, yeah, I got the tiebreaker over Joe Serpico, so I've got, I've got the week. We can go on vacation this week. But we'll get you ready for uh, Waiver Wire Wednesday with our buddy uh, Joe Serpico from PressBox next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, December 12th at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. It's brought to you by Superbook, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. And every Tuesday, we preview Waiver Wire Wednesday as we move into the fantasy football playoffs. Our buddy Joe Serpico, PressBox fantasy football analyst, is with us here on GCR. Joe, what's going on, brother? How are you? Good morning, guys. I'd like to start this off by saying congratulations to the three of us. All three of us made it to the playoffs. Yeah, Gr- in our, Griffin, uh, Griffin woke week. up this morning thinking he was out of the playoffs. He thought that by virtue right. of his loss, he was like, he was very sad about oh, it. Yeah. And then during the commercial break, he's like, dude, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. I thought there was something very well, exciting. Like, I thought he was trying to tell me that, like, Lamar Jackson was going to call into the show. I was like, wow. And then he was like, I actually made it. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay. Good good for you. This is, uh, well, this is arguably better. Griffin, right? sorry to burst your bubble. Uh, you play me this week, so you're done. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, ooh. I'm done. How about a side bet, boys? <laughs> How about a nice side bet? You know, we're doing a drinking show next week. Oh, yeah. You guys, I'm Ooh, Joe. I don't, I don't know what your schedule's like, but next Thursday the plan is for us to do a drinking show for the holidays. Maybe uh, – well, Without Tyreek Hill this week, I mean – I. What? If I don't have Tyree Hill this week, then I'm... Oh, so you're not willing to... You're, I mean, it's... I, know, I, thought, I thought you were a gentleman. I thought you were a sport. Yeah, I thought you would I, be yeah, the both. type that would be up for the challenge and would want to have a little fun with a nice side bet this week. Like, maybe the loser has to eat an entire panettone oh my God. during next Thursday's show. God. Oh, I could do that with ease. Really? I'm <laughs> Really? Tony has an Italian. Oh, I would love that. Come on now. But like, it's not not okay. But it's very cl- not a homemade pan, like a store bought cardboard, essentially panettone. I'm in for it. Let's do it. Oh man, Griffin. Come on, show. Griffin. <sighs> Joe, you're on. Yeah. Right? Let's do it. You're going down. I love this. I love this so much. And no, you can't like cover it in icing or something. Like nothing like that. You have to eat a regular panettone. And you still, Griffin, you would still have to participate in all the other things that we do during the course of the drinking show. Although you can't because you got to, you know, somebody's got to be a professional during the show. Yeah, but like you You got to limit the amount of drinking. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It's not like the rules of being on the air at a radio station. (laughs) We can no rules what, here. We can do whatever we want. Although I was informed, please don't get us kicked out of the building because apparently last, last year, year I was very, very close to being. Yes, that's the reason why we had to move the studio was because of my antics during the drinking show last year. This is what happens when I don't drink anymore and then do a drinking show. It's not good. It's not good. I'm drunk. Colson, settle down over there. Settle down. You got you yelled at me. It happened. Deal with it. All right. All right. Let's get to it. Um, <clears throat> hello, by the way. So that's great news. I love that. I have a buy in that league. So I'm actually only playing in one league this week because I'm eliminated in one. I have a buy in the other and I have the four seed in that one. So I'm going to start with something that's selfish for me 
Joe, I my quarterbacks in this league are C.J. Stroud and Trevor Lawrence, which Oof. have been fine, fine selections much of the year until now. And now I think they combined for like 12 points, the two of them, this past week. Am I crazy to think that I should put in a waiver claim for Matt Stafford, who faces the Washington Commanders on Sunday, and then if I get him, play him over either C.J. Stroud or Trevor Lawrence? I don't think that's crazy at all, to be brutally honest with you, uh, considering there's a possibility that Stroud does not play this weekend Mm -hmm. uh, because of the concussion. And uh, let's just face it, Lawrence has just been so up and down this season. There's a reason why uh, where he falls at this point in the season in the fantasy rankings. No, I do like that matchup with Stafford there. Um, I I honestly think that's a great idea just because the commanders have been so lowly uh, as a uh, defense. And uh, I think I saw a stat earlier today where – uh, the Commanders are giving up over 30 points a game, and then the Rams are scoring over 30 points a game their past three games. So, no, I think that's actually a very strong uh, matchup for Okay, them. so let's talk about, like, the – because I looked at your waiver wire Wednesday piece, and I saw that you had both Joe Flacco and Jake Browning on the list. And I said, I get it. They've both played well. But where are you if you're considering those guys as options for this week? Like, take me through actual rankings. Like, who are you playing one or either of those guys over if you're gearing up for a fantasy football playoff matchup? So, like, for example, my team in the press box league, I'm currently with Jordan Love and Russell Wilson. I'm, you know, I was debating, all right, are the, am I, taking Flacco or Browning over one of those two guys, probably not. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, like next tier. Uh, we've kind of talked about in weeks past how Stafford kind of falls on that line. Well, this week we just talked about the matchup that the, he has. So I kind of like, uh, you know, I like Stafford more there. But, you know, let's put them around that line with, let's say, you know, Gardner Minshew and Derek Carr. So, yes, we're getting really, you know, we're getting really de- deep down in there. But let's face it, with all the injuries of the quarterbacks now, you know, two more to happen this week with Herbert and Stroud, you know, we are talking about these guys being potential top 15 options, which is crazy, you know, considering Flacco was just out of the league a couple weeks ago and Browning has uh, has been a backup quarterback for most of his career. But, um, yeah, let's face it, you know, it's either he's starting some of those guys, especially if you're in like a, you know, a super flex league or a two QB league, you know, I'm more confident starting Flacco and Browning than, you know, let's say you're, you're Aiden O'Connell's and then whoever the Vikings are going to start this week and Zach Wilson's, you know, those guys there. Um, so, you know, I, like I said, I'm, they're probably somewhere in the 15 to 20 range. Um, like what I see from Flacco, it kind of reminds you of the old school uh, Ravens uh, offenses, a strong run game, good defense and a tight end. And then Browning just keeps getting better and better each week and he's got all his playmakers around him. So, you know, both guys are decent options. Again, not your uh, not your you know matchups you wanted going into this season. Absolutely not. But you know, this is here we are. Joe Serpico is with us, courtesy of Live Casino and Hotel Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst. As far as some of the other names that were on your list for Waiver Wire Wednesday, are are these really guys you're picking up to play this week, or more like when you say Ty Chandler, Zamir White, Chase Brown? Um. I, I guess I have to because I'm a Josh Jacobs owner. Put in a claim on Zamir White, but like, are these are these guys that otherwise someone else is really putting a claim for to like help them, or are these still just like, hey, if you happen to stay alive moving forward, they might be guys worth having on your roster. 
Uh, of the three, I think Chandler is probably your best bet to uh, you know, make an impact this week. He's somebody you could probably put in your flex and be pretty happy about it. Uh, the other two, not so much. I think Zamir White, uh, I think actually is going to split more carries with uh, Amir Abdullah than we probably think, and especially with the short turnaround. And let's just face it, the Raiders, their offense has just been atrocious uh, the past few weeks. I really want nothing to do with uh, anybody on the Raiders' offense right now. And then for the case of Chase Brown, I mean, I included him in there because there was a lot of buzz about him coming in this week, but he only played 19 snaps heading into Sunday, and then if it wasn't for the 50 50- four-yard uh, screen pass for a touchdown. It wasn't the best of efforts. Uh, but if you're, uh, let's say, a Joe Mixon owner, yes, you absolutely want to add Chase Brown. God forbid, you know, something happens to Mixon this week, and then you need um, an option the following week. But of the three, Ty Chandler is probably the one that you can start this week. And then, uh, as you know, we find out that Madison's out for multiple weeks. You know, he could be somebody that could be a league winner for you these next couple weeks. Not available, unfortunately, in any of my leagues. Well, the two that I actually am still alive in anyway. So not an option, unfortunately. Um, you, you concluded a defense, and I'm at that point, right? In the playoffs, I'm willing to use a waiver claim or even fab money on a defense if necessary. Unfortunately, the Colts defense is not available to me. So, I, and I ask this genuinely, earlier in the year, the commander's offense was actually pretty pretty good. The, the top-ranked availability defense right now in my league is the Rams. But is that the matchup that I think it is, or are the commanders still capable enough offensively that maybe I stay away from that one? Uh, so as soon as you said the Colts were not available, I started jotting down some like uh, team names really quick to see if they were available. And the first one I wrote down was the Rams. Okay. Uh, reason, reason being, uh, we've seen it all season, the commanders – our turnstile when it comes to uh, the offensive line. Sam Howell is getting uh, sacked at an alarming rate this year. So you know that the sacks are going to be there. Uh, Howell, yeah, he's been terrific as for a fantasy perspective in terms of yardage, and that's more because uh, they don't have much in the sense of a ground game. It seems like this year, you know, Brian Robinson's having a good year, but that's more because he's uh, impressed as a receiver. But I- I'm all all in on the Rams this week. I do think, you know, the only thing you got to be a little bit worried of is, you know, the Rams are coming off that uh, overtime game in Baltimore, and then the Commanders are coming off uh, a bye week. But the Rams, I think, are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. And then the Commanders, like I just said, just the way that, you know, they just can't block Sam Howell whatsoever. So you know you're going to get your points uh, via sacks, and then you just got to hope he uh, costs it up a couple times as well. Where yet if Darren Waller plays this week? Where would he be ranked for you? I kind of like what we've seen from uh, from Tommy DeVito in the past couple of weeks. He's, I think, you know, when we first got into the lineup, you were like, all right, the Giants are doomed. I think they're not necessarily, you know, let's face it, they're not doomed. Uh, they're not the uh, greatest team we're going to find around the league right now. But for Waller's sake, he still kind of vaults back into probably your top 12. Just let's face it, there's, you know, there's only so many good tight ends that we rely on, and when he's one of those guys, when he's on the field, he makes an impact. He's just a you know matchup nightmare for for opposing uh, defenses. So I would put him in there now. Let's see, you know, if, would I have him over, uh, let's say Isaiah Likely? No, I'm probably put Likely uh, this week in my top somewhere eight or ten, uh, and Walla would be just a few clicks behind him there. But right around the range where you have, let's say, him. Um, you know, I kind of like Kate Otten this week, but that's more matchup based. 
But yeah, Waller's probably around the you know the twelve to fourteen range uh, moving forward, just I'm, because you know, he assuming... is banged up, and you just never know when he's coming. You know, he he's a uh, play away from being hurt again. That's the only concern with Waller as of late. I'm assuming you still have him ahead, or you still have Dalton Kincaid ahead of him. Oh, that's a good question. Just because this past weekend we saw you know with the return of Dalton Knox, it, you did see you know, a good bunch of passes that were going to Dalton Knox. I think that we're going to see both of those guys getting featured again. So I am bumping uh, Kincaid down a little bit, but I, uh, you know, if you're asking me between Kincaid and Waller, I'm still going to go with Kincaid. I just like what I've seen with him, you know, over the stretch of the season, as opposed to Waller, like I just alluded to. You know, it, until we kind of get him healthy, see that on a regular basis, it's kind of hard to rely on him. All right, not relevant in our league where I have a buy because we don't play defenses, but for other people that are thinking about th- this is the advantage of having a buy, right? For in if you're in a league where you don't have to play a defense this week, is there someone have you already looked at matchups for the following week and said, "Hey, maybe go ahead and get your defense this week for next week?" Oh, who was the one that I had a few weeks back? I believe it was the Vikings that are one of the teams that I like their matchups moving forward. Um, and then I'm, I alluded to the Saints just two minutes ago. The Rams, the Colts were another one that I had written down. Um, oh, the Buccaneers have some pretty decent matchups as well the next few weeks. Let's face it, the we're at that time of the season where you're playing your own division and the NFC South is uh, pretty lousy as a whole. So, honestly, Almost any of those divisions in there, Fair. maybe get the Falcons, the Saints, <laughs> any of those minus the uh, the Panthers, uh, you know, kind of take advantage of those. But, yeah, just kind of throwing some names out there. You know, that's a good idea you brought this up just because, you know, some people will stay loyal to, let's say, your, you know, your Bills defenses and your and your Ravens defenses. And don't get me wrong, they are some of the better defenses in the, the NFL, but they don't have good matchups at this time of the season. Uh, so, yes, look for teams like that. You want to get any advantage you can get in these uh, playoff times, even if it is just a couple points here and there. So, yeah, absolutely look for your best matchups when it comes to defense. And like you kind of said, don't be afraid to throw a couple dollars because, let's face it, you know, you're, you could be just a couple points away from being out of it. So use that money, even if, even if it's you know, $5 to get a defense that you truly want. All right, uh, let Griffin have uh, – you can help him even though – How's this gonna? This is gonna be awkward, though. Are you asking him for the league for, where you're no, playing no, no, against no, him? No, 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 not not in that one. Because he would um, purposely sabotage you. There's right. a pentatone right, involved. Right. Well, he said he likes pentatone. Maybe he would. Maybe oh, he would. I don't know. That's really awkward. Um, so I have a similar situation to what Glenn had, where so my two quarterbacks are Tua, who plays the Jets this week, and Kyler, who gets the Niners this week. So those are not great Ooh. matchups. Stafford is available. Um, so I should go all in on Stafford. You would agree. The problem is, I can only you can only roster two quarterbacks in this league. Huh? So I'd have to drop Tua or Kyler. 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 So yeah, so I mean, championship weekend, Kyler plays uh, the Eagles, who are the worst ranked, all, uh, well like the good. best matchup for quarterbacks. Um, so that's and then uh, Tua plays Tua plays Dallas next week. Kyler has the Bears next week. Should I just should I just focus Ooh. on getting Stafford? It doesn't really matter who. I just got to win this week, or should I should I try to think about that? Well, that stinks. One that you have a league like where you can only have two quarterbacks. Yeah, that's stink. that's a normal. Normally, the you, normally it caps out at either three or four. Uh, damn, that's a good question. Um, I I think in that scenario, I am probably riding. 
I think I'm just going to ride Tua. I mean, he got you to this stage. Yes, uh, and it was a little bit disappointing because I don't think he, I believe he didn't throw a touchdown pass last night, uh, which kind of makes me think, all right, you, you don't like to say that somebody's due the next week, but you know, when typically when somebody doesn't score at all the one week, especially as a quarterback, you know they're, they're kind of due for it to happen the following week. And I just wouldn't feel comfortable about, you know, dropping either one of those quarterbacks for Stafford, even though, like I said, I really like the matchup for Stafford this week. But there does come a, you know, there does come a point where you just kind of got to stick to the guys who got you there and uh, don't overthink things. And I think that's what we're trying to do here. Even even with Tua playing the Jets this week, you still, I should still yeah, I know, I, yeah, I understand, you know, it is okay. a tough matchup. The Jets have, uh, you know, kind of shut teams down. But even if Tyreek, well, if Tyreek is out, that, that game changes everything, yeah, obviously. Does. But, you know, if, if he's active, you know, he's just one of those guys that on you know, a short hitch, he can get you the points you need. Right. Uh, and that's beneficial to you as a two owner as well. So I would still be rocking two in that boat um, and then riding it out next week as well against the Cowboys. Because, yes, the Cowboys are even better as a, you know, as a, uh, a unit this year, but um, they can be passed on as well. I think uh, some of that's been a little bit overhyped that they're, uh, their pass defense is as good as many fields has been. It's just been uh, – they've kind of run into some teams that are not capable of passing the ball, and I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm going to admit that was pretty ugly on Sunday. That it? Right. You good? I mean, yeah, I think so. How confident are you going into next week? How like, get, Not confident. Yeah, not I love confident. this. This would be great news. Joe, no offense. I've also I, – I, while I would be good with you coming in and paying the punishment, the fact that you actually might enjoy it does limit – the joy that I could get from watching you consume the entire pentatone. So understandable. I am actually going to be rooting for you this week so that I can enjoy watching Griffin attempt to take down an entire pentatone. <sighs> Joe, Joe, let me win. Please. <laughs> enjoy your pentatone. Doesn't work that way. Uh, Joe, anything else that needs to be on anybody's radar for this week? No, that's all I had, unless, you know, maybe one receiver to throw out there was uh, Zay Jones from somebody that lost Christian Kirk. Uh, or, you know, we don't know what the status of Justin Jefferson moving forward. Keenan Allen got banged up this weekend as well. Uh, Zay Jones has kind of stepped into Christian Kirk's role. He's got 22 targets the past two weeks, coming off 14 this past week. Uh, it wasn't the best outcome this week. I believe he only had five receptions for 29 yards, but 14 targets is something we can't complain about. And, uh, yes, they're going against the Ravens this upcoming week, but – uh, we're looking for guys at this stage of the season that will give you the most bang for your buck. And anybody who's getting 14 targets, it's got some got to be on your radar. All right. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. And, of course, all the stuff at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, we wish you the best, and we will see how this goes this week. Joe Serpico, always appreciate you, pal. Thanks for taking the time for us. Absolutely. Good luck to everybody but Griffin this week. That's right. That's Joe Serpico, our Press Box fantasy football analyst with us every Tuesday, courtesy of Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Over at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, uh, they got the second chance to win drawing going on, but you got to hurry because there is less than a month remaining now. If luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, well, you can get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum and then two nights a week, 20 different winners 
will be chosen with prizes ranging from live casino and hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, putting the finishing touches on our number one of today's program. Patrick Stevens will join us here in just a second. Maryland basketball back in action tonight against Alcorn State. If you missed it yesterday, announce that the final part of our charity drive, Help Us Help Helping Up Mission, will be an event next Monday night, a collection event at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square on Campbell Boulevard. It's in White Marsh, but not in the White Marsh Mall. It's the one outside of Best Buy and Target and that shopping center. We want to have you come join us between 6 and 7.30, and we need you to bring either at least $25 worth of donations as far as toiletries, underwear, socks, Anything along those lines, just one, wander over to Target, buy 25 bucks worth of that stuff, and come over and see us. Or you can donate $25 or more. And the trade-off is Baltimore Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce is going to be there to take pictures and sign autographs with you if you do. And so it's a simple ask. Come out, help us, help the men and women that need it. Monday night, you can get a little food, go finish your shopping for the night. Just $25 worth of either donations or a donation. And you can meet and hang out with Michael Pierce of the Baltimore Ravens. That's what we're asking for Monday night, 6 to 7.30 at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Please come join us. It's our final push for this year's drive to help the folks at Helping Up Mission, and we appreciate you being a part of it. All right, uh, joining us now as he does every Tuesday, we always like to talk college sports, hoops, and, you know, Maryland sometimes with Patrick Stevens, of course, of the Washington Post. You follow him on Twitter at Discourse, D1S Course. Patrick, good morning, my friend. Always appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Uh, I guess it could have been worse for Maryland last week. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, it they, they didn't hit rock bottom, I guess. They didn't lose, yep. so uh, that that was that was the plus side. They they, they did defeat Penn State in their uh, first Big Ten home game. They've now won. Think about this: they've won fourteen in a row over three seasons uh, conference home games. People forget that they they actually won their last three Big Ten home games under Danny Manning. Um, huh. But uh, huh. you know, so it's so three plus ten, and now one here is fourteen. Uh, but I, I think you you kind of saw. Uh, all the things that you would think of as, as sort of the, 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 the checklist, essentially. Uh, you had your top two guys, if you're Maryland, Jameer Young and Julian Reese, played well and basically had to carry you a good chunk of the way. Uh, Dante Scott did not play particularly well, especially in the first half. Uh, but they did get to see a few, uh, a few glimmers of hope there from Jamie Kaiser and Deshaun Harris-Smith. Uh, and I thought both of those guys had their moments. Uh, where they're further along maybe than they were a month or so ago, which is what you would hope to see out of the guy, out of guys that are uh, in their first year uh, playing at the college level. Uh, Maryland had a massive advantage rebounding, as you would expect against a team that doesn't have much size like Penn State. Um, and still, it, it, it took into overtime to get that thing done. And so 
I, I don't think anybody is sitting around thinking that the Nittany Lions are going to be a, anything close to a top half of the Big Ten team and to have to slug it out and, and go extra time uh, to finish that off is not necessarily the most encouraging long-term thing. But for the short term, if you're Maryland, you take it and you, you hope that you get better here over the next few weeks before you resume before you resume league play uh, right after the new year. I, you know, if someone's looking for encouragement, the, you bring up Deshaun Harris-Smith, 50% at the free throw line, which is just absurd. 9% from beyond the arc, right? Like, it, it, is there room to reasonably say, hey, maybe even if he's not the superstar that some people thought he could be in year one, that it's got to be better than what we've seen so far just by, like, law of averages? I, I think there's a fair bit of that there for him in particular. Um, and... It's not as if there aren't opportunities there. And, and to his credit, when you when you look across the stat line the other day, um, yeah, there was another missed three. Yeah, there was three of five at the foul line. Uh, but he had a big bucket in overtime. He had eight yeah. rebounds. He had four assists. Like, there, there's stuff going on there. Uh, and it's certainly better than, than what they would be getting from further down the bench in that spot. So uh, I, I, I think that – at least with the issues with him and with Kaiser, you can chalk up to, you know, theoretically anyway, you, you, you never know in this era, right, where, where a guy is going to be the next year. But theoretically, you would normally say this is, uh, you know, this is a freshman, there's a learning curve, there, there's all that stuff. That, that's the stuff that's a lot more easy to tolerate if you're Maryland and going, okay, you know, and, and this is sort of what, uh, Kevin Willard is sort of trying to sell at this point. It's like these guys are going to be so much better in February, which is, you know, some of that's coach speak. And, and some of it, I, I think he genuinely, genuinely does believe it too, that, you know, what he's seen uh, on a day-to-day basis is better than what everybody else gets to see uh, during games. Uh, but I, I think the bigger question here, the questions that aren't going away are, you know, even if they improve a little bit, from the three-point line, I mean, right now they're what around 21, 22 percent. Well, if you improve a little bit, you're up to 27 percent, and that's still not. Very <laughs> yeah, you improve a little bit, you're very bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so that's a problem, and and frankly, the the depth continues to be a, a glaring issue. You know, they played 45 minutes the other night, and beyond the top six, uh, those guys logged about 12 and a half minutes. Jahari Long played a little more than 10, and Noah Batchelor played almost two, and Callum Swanton Roger played a half a minute. And that's it. And so you're not, you're not going to survive on six dudes. You're certainly not going to survive on six dudes with, you know, road whistles in the Big Ten, with, you know, the way that those games tend to unfold. So they need to, they need to figure some things out there and, and there might not be any figuring out, quite frankly. You know, this is still college hoops, and you still sort of have the yeah. roster that, that you brought into the season. Uh, but those are issues, the outside shooting and the depth, uh, that are clearly going to accompany them uh, in back into league play uh, on January 2nd when Purdue comes rolling in. Anything uh, interesting at all about Alcorn State tonight? Well, Alcorn actually had just, uh, first of all, uh, an interesting element to them is that their coach has local ties. Okay. Uh, Alcorn State 
Landon Bussey is the is the gentleman's name. And if you go back and uh, and I'm bringing this up just to make sure I'm right about this, but I'm pretty sure he's like a Milford Mill guy. He actually really? went to Woodlawn. Really? So he. Oh, that's He's cool. a Woodlawn, Woodlawn High graduate. Well, I regret so, that we didn't reach out. Now I feel like a jerk. Now, yeah. well, maybe maybe you can talk to him next week yeah. because they're coming back to the area to play GW next. Oh, week. that's cool. That's cool. So they've uh, they they've had um, they've actually been quite good in their league the last couple of years. They've played in the NIT the last two years as the regular season champ. Of course, that doesn't get to happen anymore for a, a SWAC champion because. Um, of the of the NCA's rule change with the NIT, uh, but Alcorn State wedged eight games into the first 19 days of the season, uh, and so they played eight games by November 24th, and then didn't play again until Sunday. So they had two weeks off in between. Huh. Um, and you know, I watched some of that game with VCU, and and they VCU hits hit some outside shots, which is not necessarily something that VCU had been doing as much. Now they're not as bad as Maryland, but they were, they were around the 30% three pointing three point shooting team going into that game. Um, and, you know, Alcorn state looked like a team that was a little rusty. Uh, so this is a team, you know, coming off, basically playing a virtual back to back. They played Sunday afternoon. They'll play tonight. Uh, and, and they've got some interesting pieces, you know, Jeremiah Kendall's a senior that, uh, is is somebody uh, that I know that, that they really, really like. They got him a couple years ago from Prairie View, and he was one of the, the better bigs, big men, relatively speaking, in the SWAC. He's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, or so. Uh, but in that league, that you know, there's a lot of 6'7", six, 6'8", six, men out there. So, uh, you know, you look at them, uh, and, 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 you know, they're, they're kind of what they are. They also have a, a guy that's, somewhat familiar Jalen Hawkins from Norfolk state has kind of resurfaced okay. there. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're winless against division one teams this season. They beat a non B one back in the first week of the season. Uh, I, I think that when they get going, they're going to be pretty good. And by the way, they lost to UAB by three points. There's your common opponent. Um, hmm. So hmm. I, I hmm. not, not that much, not that much different than what Maryland, not did. at all. Uh, so, so, you know, defensively, they have some issues, and, and that might be an opportunity based on what VCU did the other night. Maybe a chance that Maryland can break loose a little bit. Uh, but a, a team that I think that by the end of the season, um, you're going to look and see that that's a, a top third of the SWAC type of team. Right now, they just look like a 1-8 and eight team that has been on the road a lot because that's exactly what they've been. He is Patrick Stevens. He is with us here on GCR as we're talking college hoops. On the local front, the obvious headline of the week, a very, very nice week for Towson basketball. A nice week on and off the floor for yeah, Towson right, basketball. Right, Because, you know, they, they pick off UMass at home. They go to UMBC and win that game handily. A team that had been really struggling to score suddenly drops 80 in back-to-back games. And in games that you know, the pace was a little bit faster than what Coppin had or what Towson had been playing, uh, but not massively so, like high 60s in, in, in possessions. Uh, but the big news for Towson is that Nenda Tark is expected to debut here uh, possibly as early as Saturday when they play Bryant uh, up on Long Island. So, you know, if you're Towson, you've now won three out of four. Uh, there's not a terrible loss on the ledger at this point. And you managed to get a, a sweep of that home and home with UMass that you signed. 
and so at this point, you look at what they have remaining. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to run the table. I, I wouldn't dare say that. But I do think that when you look at them, there isn't a game on the schedule remaining that, that just stands out and says, nope, no chance on this one. Uh, there's obviously tough games. They go to uh, they, they, they go to uh, Charleston. They go to Wilmington in league play. Those are ones that stand out. They, they go to Hofstra as well. Uh, but the, the toughest games uh, from their non-conference perspective are, are in the rearview mirror. And if they can pick off Bryant, uh, they'll hit Nichols and then a non-D1. I mean, they could find themselves on a, on a nice five-game winning streak heading into conference play when it begins uh, the first week of January. Uh, anything else on the local front that was interesting this week? I, I mean, I know a lot of teams still going through, like that's the awkward part of the schedule. Some teams are playing, some teams aren't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, a game that I caught the other night, um, Mount St. Mary's going oh, yeah. in and, and beating Loyola by 13. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would tell you that for Mount St. Mary's purposes, uh, I was I walked away really impressed with how uh, you know the freshman Dallas Hobbs played the freshman guard. Uh, and the interesting thing with him is how much he's kind of allowed, you know, sort of he, he and Dakota LaFue have played off each other, and that was exactly how that game unfolded. Hobbs had 16 points in the first half, and LaFue had 15 in the second half. Uh, and Loyola right now, I mean, that, that's a team that had eight scholarship players available to play on Saturday. And, and it frankly looked like a team that was, was playing shorthanded. And, you know, they're now without Chris Kuzemka for a while. He, uh, suffered a hand injury at the end of that tight loss to LaSalle last week. Uh, and so you know, I think if you're Loyola, you're just sort of holding your breath and hoping you can just you know, not have too many more bad things happen before you get to Patriot League play and maybe get a couple guys back. Uh, but it's been a it's been a rough go of it for the Greyhounds so far, yeah. one and not. Yeah, it's been really tough. And then on the national front, um, I, I guess a lot most of the attention was paid to um, LeBron James' son, although they didn't even win the game. But they lost to Long Beach State that day. Um, I know like Washington got a good win over Gonzaga. Obviously, what else on the national front jumped out at you this week? Uh, well, I, I think the continued struggles of Michigan State are something that, mm. that are worth mentioning. It, one, one more step towards basically saying, yeah, the Big Ten isn't very good. Uh, but, you know, the losses to Wisconsin and Nebraska last week dropped the Spartans to four and five. Uh, and so, you know, the, the good thing if you're – there's not really a good thing if you're Michigan State, but you're not getting your doors blown out. You know, you've lost by three, by nine, by six – by 13 wasn't great at home to Wisconsin, and by seven at Nebraska. Uh, and now you got Baylor up next, which is 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 not going to be all that much fun. So you know the the Spartans certainly have some work to do uh, moving forward. And like you said, uh, Washington getting a, a nice win the other day. Uh, you know they've got you know not bad losses. They're they're 0 and 3 in the Mountain West uh, with losses to Nevada, San Diego State, and Colorado State, who could all be NCAA tournament teams, but that's that's a nice in-state victory for the Huskies, uh, winning that game 78-73, uh, and they have a chance to get themselves on a little bit of a roll here too. They could they could be a, a team that's on a four-game winning streak when they start Pac-12 play, and that and that's a program that could really use a good season. They've just kind of been muddling around 500 since their their last NCAA yeah. tournament appearance back in 2019, and a, a huge one this week, right? Arizona Purdue. Arizona Purdue is a is a big one, and uh, you know it, it's always great when you see you know those sorts of teams playing each other at this time of the year. 
Uh, Purdue obviously has gone out and and played the you know the games in Maui plus Xavier in the Gavit games plus Alabama last week. Arizona won out and played Duke and Michigan State and Wisconsin. So and, and they've got one against Alabama and Florida Atlantic coming up. So those are two teams that are off not only off to good starts but they they've gotten off to good starts while being challenged uh, out of conference, which is which is always really impressive. So you know. It's easy to sit here and say, well, maybe these teams will see each other again, and you know how wacky March can be. Uh, but they're certainly two of the most impressive teams in the country to this point, uh, and should be fun to see them go up against each other come Saturday. And, and great news for the sport of college basketball, it's not on television. <laughs> it's, on, it's on Peacock, which I get most people probably have at this point, but still, it just... Uh, it's what it is. All right, uh, it's time for us to play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the teams that this particular player has played for? Actually, it went so well last week. Are you cool with me keeping up the man? Because we have so many ball-busting players that are left for us to get through. Can I keep up the manager theme moving forward? Sure, sure, sure. So let's start there then, because this guy did not make it on the Hall of Fame ballot, unlike Jim Leland, but five teams, and, and I almost think that you might be able to do the years thing again for the great... Davy Johnson. Davy Johnson was the manager of the Mets from what, 1984 to 90? Yes. Okay. Um, I believe he was in Cincinnati. Yes. In like 93 and 94. Was that it? Uh, actually, one more year he went through 95 in Cincinnati. 95. Okay, that's right. And then Baltimore in 96 and 97. Yes. And then he was off to the Dodgers for a few years, right? Yep. That was like a 98 to 2000 or so. 99 to 2000. And then the Nationals, he took over midseason in 11 and went through 13, was it? That's, that's exactly correct. <laughs> that's unbelievable. It's just purely unbelievable. Man, I didn't re- we have stumbled upon something with the manager theme. We are going to have to stick that out because that is uncanny how close you were to nailing the years on all of those. All right, here's your ball buster for the week. He was only an all-star twice in his career. Six teams for Carlos Gomez. Carlos Gomez. Yeah, said ball buster. <laughs> I told you. Are you, are you sure we can't start, like, floating into more guys that played in the 80s that ducked back into the I've 70s tried. here? I've tried. Do you want to – okay, I'll I tell you who those, those the types of options would be. Do you want to do Joe Negro instead? Yeah, I actually think that All might be All right, better. there you go. Let's do Joe Negro. That'll be the next one then. Joe Negro, who was only an all-star once in his career but did win a World Series and uh, led the league in wins in uh, 1979. There are seven teams for Joe Necro. Joe Necro was a Houston Astro. He most certainly was. He's in the Astros Hall of Fame. He spent 11 years there. He was an Atlanta Brave briefly. He had two years with the Atlanta Braves. He was a New York Yankee. For three years. He was a Minnesota Twin at the very end. For two years in 87 and 88. He was a San Diego Padre, if I recall. How? How do you remember a year in in 1969? He spent half the season in San Diego. How do you remember that? He was a Cub, right? Yes, he was for three years. 
And so we're down to one team for 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 Joe Necro. Yeah, and I've already for, um, I've already lost where it is on the on the schedule. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, I didn't jot him down. Now I feel like a jerk. I'm a bad. All right, player. well, I'll, I'll Astro, Houston, Atlanta, New yeah. York, Minnesota, San Diego, and the Chicago Cubs. Okay, yeah. So I do have what you're missing. You are missing three years from seventy to seventy-two. Seventy to seventy-two. For the for Joe Necro, oh, you know I don't I don't know the answer to this one. Um, I, I I know I know uh, like six teams. It's not yeah. uh, based on the yeah, years. They didn't exist, right? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, so so I, I got I got jokes here. Um, yeah. yeah. So so the other team for for Joe Necro is going to be um let's let's toss san francisco out oh it was the detroit tigers was the other detroit okay detroit tigers was the other team but you did so damn well with that that i don't have to give you an easy four teamer how about uh how about rich aurelia how do you feel about that one four teams one time all-star rich aurelia well he was definitely in san francisco overwhelming right uh no he was actually never in boston he was never in Boston. No, he was never in he Boston. He was in Houston, right? No, he only had another two-year stint one other place. Huh. Seattle. He was in he Seattle, He was Seattle right? for sure. He was Seattle for sure. Okay. You want to throw one more out there just to... No, I'll, right. I'll pass. Was two, he maybe a Cub or something yeah, like that? Two years in Cincinnati um, and one year in San Diego where the other stops are okay. Rich Aurelia, or a half a year in San Diego. What's the schedule look like for you this week, sir? I'm actually at Georgetown where they'll play Coppin State tonight. Oh, okay. Um, got a little field trip coming up with our buddy Adam Pohl. Um, going out to see Mount St. Mary's cool. take on St. Francis PA on Friday, a place I've never been. Cool. Um, Loyola and George Mason on Saturday. Uh, and then by the time we talk next week, uh, we'll be looking forward to catching Maryland that night uh, in their last home game before Christmas against Nichols State. At Discourse, D1S Course is always how you follow. And Patrick Stevens, always appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for taking a couple minutes with us. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens with us as he is every Tuesday here on GCR. How does he know the teams that Joe Negro? How? He couldn't do Carlos Gomez, though. Well, I look. Cargo. You know what really is the problem? And I mean this. That's what you just said is the problem with Carlos Gomez. Is it runs into, like, Carlos Lee... Carlos Gonzalez, like so. Carlos Gomez was he was an Astro, I believe he was. Hang on, I'll pull it back up. Uh, he was a Brewer. He definitely was a Brewer. I do yeah, know that with a as a fact. I feel like why do I feel like it was a Yankee? Uh, it was never a Yankee. Darn. Was he? Yeah. In, was he? He was in uh, Tampa. He was. He was this season in Tampa. That was when he got like hit, and then he like just fell to the ground. Oh, that, I do that, guess that I vaguely remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, that ended, it was, yeah. Why, I, had to have been. Was he like all were two year stops? The other really? three. Mm-hmm. Was he in San Francisco? Nope. Darn it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Minnesota, Maybe Texas, people. and the Mets were the other Minnesota, three. Texas. Yeah. yeah, and the Mets. I actually remember the Mets. I don't remember the others. Yeah, all the. I feel like the Twins. Like, but kind it, it of, is. But like, I, the, what he felt is exact. When I when I pulled that name up, I was like, dude, there's. I can't separate Carlos Lee, Carlos Gonzalez. I, they all run in together for me, right? Like it's it's why like we don't include the Alex Gonzalez's on the list because you're just they're gonna they're gonna run into each other. How are you guys expected to remember which Alex Gonzalez was which Alex <laughs> Gonzalez? 
or uh, the, we did it with Chris Young. Remember, we had that problem with Chris Young a couple weeks ago because he's the general manager of the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to include him when they won the World Series. But I'm like, dude, I know this is going to be difficult because you're going to end up intertwining Chris Youngs at some point. All right, can we take a break? Or? Uh, yes, yes, okay. we can. All right. uh, Carlos Gonzalez was he was he only a I can't remember him anywhere. No, but Carlos Gonzalez Colorado. was definitely. Oh, by the way, Carlos Quinton is also on that list. Like, okay, Carlos Lee, Carlos Gomez, Carlos Gonzalez, and Carlos Quinton. All the Carloses? Yeah, tell me how you're going to remember which. And they all played in the same era. And they were different players, but, like, right. they were all outfielders, weren't they? Um, they were definitely. Carlos Quint- yeah, I guess Carlos Quinton, he might have played first base. Or, or I mean, some of them might have played yeah. first base at some point, but they definitely were all, like, came up as outfielders. You're Like, I can remember Carlos Correa is different because he's different. Carlos Correa. Right. Carlos Baerga, I can remember differently because he was a second baseman. But four outfielding Carloses in the same era, stop. Were they all left-handed? No. Uh, Was Carlos Quinton left-handed? I don't know. I don't remember. I I remember hard-hitting Carlos Quinton. I do remember saying that. Uh, No, there were three other teams for Carlos Gonzalez, and I only remembered one of them because I remember he getting traded from Oakland to Colorado. Oh, yeah. Um, But then at the end, Uh, he also spent some time with Cleveland and the Cubs in this final season. So. That's what it is. All right, uh, we'll grab a break. Hour number two of today's program. Uh, Don't forget that starting tomorrow, the print issue of PressBox becomes our annual best of issue. On the cover, we feature our MoGabba Sports Person of the Year, Brandon Hyde, and our Team of the Year, the Baltimore Orioles. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. It's a very special issue each and every year. It will be available starting tomorrow at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. All right, when we come back in, County Sports Zone Radio with Wes Brown. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Project Game Day returns this Sunday night after Ravens-Jaguars, myself, Rita, Femi, the whole crew, KZ, Stecka, Josh, you never know who's going to be a part of it. Project Game Day following Ravens-Jaguars Sunday night, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash game day. It's all brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We good? All right. Joining us now, as he does every Tuesday, as we shift out of football season and into winter sports season, it's time for County Sports Zone Radio with our friend Wes Brown, who's with us on GCR. Wes, good morning, bud. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I actually had a wild. I was at uh, DeMatha on Saturday night working the National High School Hoops Festival. And as always the case as a broadcaster, when you uh, sign up to work, and I only did three of the seven games, but I signed up to work three straight games, I had a real joy. Two of them went to overtime. It was just awesome. My voice really held up well. It was just a tremendous experience, although it's a great event and the teams there are incredible. Um, but uh, I know there's a lot of that type of stuff at the beginning of the year to start the college or the high school basketball season. Yeah, for sure. It's always always good to get in some some free basketball there. All right, so let's uh, let's get into what happened this past week. Um, uh, I did not realize that there were like you know league games that were like going on. Um, I, I had Mount St. Joe took on Blakefield to start the season. What's up with that? 
Yeah, so so some of the uh, private schools here have uh, you know been playing for a little bit, so, but 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 they're getting into some some early conference games. So um, yeah, Mount Saint Joe Blakefield was a a top battle of two you know two of the top teams in the the state of Maryland, um, and, and Mount Saint Joe was able to to overcome that with a, a sixty to fifty eight victory. Um, so I mean they they they've played some tough games so far this year, and, and Blakefield was definitely one of them. On the girls' side, um, the the matchup not quite as good for Archbishop Spalding. Yeah, yeah, another another promising kind of matchup. Two of the two of the top teams in the state on the the girls' side, but uh, we kind of took a, a a sixty point win there, eighty seven to twenty seven. We we've had a, a a number of games early in the season, both private and public, where you know you, you look at some of those score lines and you go, wow, those, those two teams really, you know, had to play each other, I guess. Um, but yeah, well, one of the more eye-opening scores so far. All right. Uh, not only at the private school level where there were already some conference matchups. Uh, same thing in Howard County, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Howard and River Hill, two of the two of the top girls teams. You know, r- routinely in, in Howard County. Um, Howard actually, you know, winning a, a state title uh, just just last last spring. Uh, but a, a, another tight game, you know, usually sometimes it's high scoring, sometimes it's defense. Um, this year is definitely defense. How we're getting by 33 to 28. Um, always, always a tough game between those two. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll see each other again down the line. All right. Uh, we are chatting with Wes Brown, County Sports Zone. It's County Sports Zone Radio. Let's uh, highlight, again, an early part of the basketball season, but an athlete of the week who put up some really remarkable numbers this week. Yeah, yeah, we actually got this game highlight from the uh, coach at Paint Brand that, that had uh, Jordan Horn go for uh, 30 points and 24 rebounds, but the 24 rebounds being a, a school record. Um, and it, it just happened in the, the season opening game against Watkins Mill, which, which Paint Brand won 80, 81 to 58. Um, so, I mean, they're. With, with, with these games, you know, you, you'll still get some some key individual efforts, and, and that was one that really stood out last week. Yeah, no doubt. There's an incredible line, 30 points, 24 rebounds. That is really, really remarkable. Am I an idiot? Like, did I just not know? Has it always been this way? Like, because I'm looking at County Sports Zone uh, right now, and, like, it's everywhere. Everybody is already into conference play. Has it always been like, why, why did I think that they, like, didn't get into conference play this quickly? Yeah, no. Usually, a lot of leagues will will use the the first week, first couple weeks, um, trying to trying to get it get some some of those league games in. Yeah. Um, you really mostly see some of the the non non county kind of stuff happen when you know they have like the Christmas tournaments and and some of those those games there. So there, there's going to be sprinkled in some games with you know. Carroll County teams and, and Baltimore County teams and whatnot. So um, it's kind of sprinkled in, but yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of league games to, to start the year. All right. So what's on the, can I ask Wes, and I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Are there, is there things that are most interesting as we look at basketball season, teams, players, anything like that, 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 you know, off the top of your head that you would say, Hey, be aware of this. Like, I, and I, and I say this knowing I don't think, you know, we, we talked about it before. There's not a Jalen Smith or an Emmanuel Quickly. Is there anything like that that's of particular significance that a casual sports fan should at least be aware of in the state of Maryland? Um, not too much here early in the season. I mean, there, there aren't really any huge, huge names or, yeah. or anything, at least, you know, on the individual level. You know, you have some some key teams like, you know, Howard Girls that, that are always up there and, you know, City College Boys um, always ended up making a run. So, um, it, it'll be it's really interesting this, this early part of the year you start to see some new names pop up new teams new faces um, and it'll just be interesting to see how some of that pans out I know um, 
Baltimore City is always always one area to watch. You know, City College usually will, will dominate and 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 always be a figure in everything. But um, you have some schools like Edmondson uh, West Side that, that that did really well last year, and, and usually there's always a, a team or so that that surprises there. All right, and I know that obviously all the information is available with County Sports Zone. So run through everybody what because it's I know it's not just basketball is the featured winter sport, but like there's information about other winter sports so run through everything they're going to find at county sports zone yeah so with the especially with the the public school season starting last tuesday you know we have all the scores all the schedules from uh every public school in the state of maryland um everything down to you know allied bocce wrestling you know even even swimming and whatnot um so you'll find all that information on, on county sports zone and if there's um Anything that that any games that anyone's going out to to watch, you know, we have the zone as well. They're they're able to post any you know pictures and and thoughts or whatnot from games. So um, it, it's definitely the spot to find you know any of the high school information you need. That's really in fact, I'm looking at the county sports zone right now, and I see that today there's an allied bowling matchup between Oakland Mills and Reservoir at three o'clock. Like they, you guys really are covering every sport and have all that information. And then remind everybody about uh, social for both yourself and for county sports zone. Yeah, so I'm at uh, W underscore Brown 21 on on Twitter, and you can find County Sports Zone um, at CSC Scores on all social media. Very good. Wes Brown, appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Yep, will do. It's Wes Brown, County Sports Zone Radio, every Tuesday here on GCR. Okay, let me knock this out really quickly because everybody's asking. I, I need you all to know I love you. I love you. I will tell, as soon as I know who Tyus Bowser's guest is for the Tyus Bowser show, I will tell you. I, I understand. Everybody wants to know. I get it. I am not hiding it from you. And it's not a, I can tell you, but I can't tell it. it, it the moment that I know and I get the thumbs up, I will let you know. I don't know yet. We had, you know, I just don't know. But what I do know is that Tyus and his guest are going to be with us at Alonzo's tonight. Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. We're getting everything started at 7 o'clock. It's a small place. As I said, it's one of the smaller places where we do the show every year. I would encourage you to get there early. We'll be upstairs at Alonzo's. Please come out and join us for the Tyus Bowser Show tonight. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. We'll be there tonight. The moment that I know, I will share with you on every social platform that I possibly can. But what I do know, is just plan to be there. Tonight, starting at 7, but I would get there early. Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. Find out more. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Okay. Um, do we need to take a break or what I don't remember what what, what exactly time did you tell uh, Josh that we're gonna talk to? In about to him? six minutes. In about six minutes. All right, oh, so yes. we'll, we can we'll take, take our break. final break. Right. We'll do that. We'll take our final break and then Josh Bynes is gonna join us. Um after he uh, was back in Baltimore this weekend making his retirement official with the Baltimore Ravens. He made the final tackle of uh Super Bowl forty seven. A lot of people forget that. We'll talk to him about all of it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet 
Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. 
Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Tuesday edition of the program. The Baltimore Ravens today unveiled their plans to how they're going to spend the $600 million of public money that was approved for upgrades at M&T Bank Stadium. Uh, among the highlights, they're going to redo the North Plaza, the sort of grand entrance um, where everybody typically comes in off of Ravens Walk into the stadium. Uh, there will be new two new large structures that will flank the gates. I'm not really sure. It looks cool. It looks cool. I'm not sure exactly how much it changes things. Here's what I can tell you. They said that by 2025, it'll include a performance stage, LED video boards, a Ravens retail store, an indoor sports bar, Ravens history experience, event opportunities throughout the year, and club-level access. So combine that with one of the other announcements um, that was part of this renovation package is what's called the Gatehouse, which is... Uh, a social space that will exist before and after games. And I'm trying to figure out exactly. It's just outside of Gate B on the east side. I'm trying to figure out where I'm looking. Just off the top of my brain, I can't come up with it. Here's what I would say. I, I don't go to games anymore, so this isn't really a, an issue for me. Although I have acknowledged that at some point in the future, my kids are going to want to go to more. And my, my son's already starting to ask me about it. So I'll inevitably have to figure out a way to take my kids to some games. I, I won't be able to avoid that for forever. Although I'd like to. One of the things that I said from when I used to go to every game, and I, in fairness, probably spent more time covering games than I did going to games. But I did go to a lot of games when I was younger. I would say that one of the things that was most notable about football stadiums is the lack of touch throughout the course of the year. Like, we're all making fun of the Patriots for the stupid lighthouse thing, but let's be fair. It exists all year round. It allows people that, like, come into town and, like, want to go, let me go see the team's Hall of Fame. Let me go see... Not everybody goes to the games, but the Ravens uniquely have had no, there's nowhere for you to touch the Ravens physically when they're not playing a game. You can't just go show up unannounced at their facility at one winning drive and be like, hey, I'm here. Can, can I come in? It doesn't work that way. So something I said for a long time is that in stadium reservations, there should be more available that can be open throughout the year. Store, restaurant, Hall of Fame displays, things like that. So if that's part of this plan, I think it's a really good idea. I think that there should be more living, breathing for the Ravens throughout the course of the year than just on game day. So if someone, come, a sports fan travels into Baltimore on a Tuesday for a conference, they're like, hey, I could wander over to the stadium and check out the statues of the players outside and check out the team's Hall of Fame and all that type of stuff. I think that would be high on my list. So 
I, I didn't see that in the announcement, what the plans were for whether that type of thing, these things would be open and available on non-game days, but I think that would be a very smart thing for the Ravens to do moving forward. And if they did, maybe some of the history that this man created would be recognized as part of it, as uh, he was back in town this weekend officially making it, uh, calling it a career as a Raven. He was the legend of the game on Sunday. I remember the first time I met this guy, it was because Danella Ellerby pulled me aside in the locker room one day. He's like, hey, man, meet meet Josh. I like him. And I was like, cool. And as it turns out, this guy had a hell of a career, including multiple stints in Baltimore. He is former Ravens linebacker Josh Bynes, and he's with us now here on GCR. Josh, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Of course, thank you for having me so much on the radio. And that's a good story from Donnell. I like that. Dude, Donnell, like, loved you, man. He loved you immediately. He was like, this, this kid can play. Like, and I always wondered, like, if there was sort of a bond between you guys, right? Like, you were undrafted. Did you, did you see, like, this was a proof of what I could be capable of in my NFL career? Oh, yeah, for sure. Being with those guys and to still keep up with those guys still to this day because, you know, we all came in very similar way and yeah. and turned out to have similar long careers and stuff as well so it was just huge to gravitate to those guys like Donnell, Jamil and Albert McCullen and Brandon Ayamadejo just those guys to you know show me the way um and you know hopefully hopefully I was looking forward to having a career as long as they have and uh, crazy enough they all played a, a very long time in the league that's the okay the undrafted part of this is the part that's crazy to me because we always try to ask this question and there's no definitive answer why is it that it seems like the best place to be an undrafted free agent is the baltimore ravens like can you as as someone who was able to accomplish everything that you accomplished in your career can you pinpoint why it might have been different for you here than if it had ended up being somewhere else Uh, i just think it's just the fact they just for them it doesn't matter about you know, where you was drafted or, or where you came from. It's all about just when you get your foot in the door, you know, willing you willing to show us on a on a regular basis who you are and pour it out on the field uh, and practice every single day and being consistent every single day and showing that ability. And I think the Ravens do a great job of just doing that, finding guys who weren't drafted and just like, they'll get you in the building and know for a fact we're going to bring the potential out of you because I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Ravens practice is a, a, a pretty hard. They're probably some of the hardest practices I've, I've probably ever done in my career. But it's all in detail. It's all in just, you know, preparing for the game before the game happens. And obviously, one guy has to showcase their skills and what they can do on a regular basis. And, um, and yeah, it's just such an awesome place. to. Uh, I'm glad I got my start there. And you've seen it happen with another, a couple of undrafted guys throughout their yep. entire time. And you've seen with Mitchell now as well, right? I believe he's undrafted as a yep. running back. So, it's just the uh, frame is always finding a way to find. It's remarkable. It's really incredible, isn't it? Josh Bynes is with us here on GCR. Josh, if I if I had told you that day when Danell introduced me to you back in 2011, if I had told you, bro, you're going to have uh, a, a decade plus in this league and you're going to win a Super Bowl, what would you have said to me that day? You know what's crazy enough about that? <laughs> I don't know about the Super Bowl part, but uh, uh, my uh, a, a friend of mine, slash my very first agent a long, long time ago. He said it to me um, even before, um, you know, I was trying to get myself into the door. He was like, you're going to play 10 years in this league. And really? I was like, really? really? You know, 
Yeah, he said that to me, and I, I'm dead serious. I, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just trying to get him get to figure out year one. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get my foot in, trying to figure out where I stand, you know. And, you know, the Ravens are already hard as it gets, you know, with a team. So, um, but then the, obviously uh, I ran into him, ironically enough, a couple years ago on my 10th year. And he was like, I told you what I said. And it's just, you know, it's just crazy how uh, it just worked itself out. Maybe he saw something that just like the Ravens saw. Uh, early on and um and you know it propelled me to be play you know such a long career is there anything that like you put you know now that it's it's passed is there anything that you look back on and say hey if this hadn't happened if you know so and so hadn't given me this advice if i hadn't made this one play when i got the opportunity i don't know if my career would be the same was there was there a moment for you that like you realized no this is real mm-hmm. i i'm supposed to be here i belong here i mean you probably felt that way considering the career that you had at Auburn. Like, you probably felt like, mm-hmm. why did I go undrafted? But is there any yeah. moment that you look back on and say, here's when I knew this was real and this was actually happening for me? Uh, well, it was just really my first opportunity in 2012 when I played when we played Denver Broncos. And um, obviously you had all the guys hurt, so I had to start in that game. And then obviously in due time, I showed up in that game as well. You know, I had a bunch of tackles and I – show that hey, we're getting an opportunity this guy can play and then 13 when I finally got the opportunity to start but then obviously I left in went to Detroit but in um 15 as well we had uh when I was in Detroit we had uh DeAndre Levy who's a pro bowl uh, outside linebacker and he's one of the best in the league and he got hurt and then in 15 I ended up playing having a, a full-time starting position um with the Lions and showed that I can play in this league a long time but then Going back after that, uh, Arizona, uh, Arizona in seventeen, um, guys got hurt again, and I started and I started some games and made a lot of ton of plays, and then they signed me back in eighteen to a deal, and I just started all those games there, and of course then, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I just like my career in itself has always been like whenever my opportunity comes, I'm always there to, you know, show that I can I can deliver on a on a week to week basis, and that's just been something I've done consistently my entire time josh Bynes with us here on gcr obviously by that point you'd already like clinched your your pension so you're like yo this is this, <laughs> this, that's the part that really matters um yeah. the, the way that it went these last couple of years with you kind of being like the in case of emergency break glass guy for the baltimore ravens what, mm-hmm. what, i guess the the measurement is how weird was it that it like it can't it kept coming back to baltimore and then how much more <laughs> meaningful was it? I, I, I say this because I was talking about this with Brandon Copeland. It's a little bit different for Cope because he was born here, right? But, like, yeah. he got his first taste of the NFL in training camp with the Ravens. And, like, having it come full circle was genuinely emotional for him. Like, it was really yeah. that meaningful. What did it mean to you to be able to come back to this place over the last few years and, and, and have it come full circle like that? Uh, it was very meaningful, and I've said this before. I think on a Torrey Smith show before the game is that the you know for the Ravens to allow me not only to come back and and start and 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 obviously play meaningful football for them over the last several years is just it means they trust me and they knew for a fact what I bring to the table and what they're gonna get out of me and they know like you know, he's gonna get the job done, uh, and that's more meaningful than anything else because like like I said uh, on a Torrey show is that the Ravens they they don't. They don't trust many people, okay? They bring you in. they like, hey, we trust you. We know what you're going to be able to do. And if you can't get it done, we'll get somebody else to get it done for, mm-hmm. you know? 
And uh, and that's just how the Ravens are because the expectation for them is like, look, we're going to be Super Bowl contenders every single year. And uh, they'll put me in that position to be able to lead a defense and knowing that, you know, I'm going to get the job done and also lead us to, you know, to win games is, is huge in itself. And it's um, super uh, – it's just crazy because I went from them not really looking at me to be in that position, you know, back in 2011 and trying to figure it out. And I'm a young guy, blah, blah, to all of a sudden I'm playing meaningful football for them uh, on a, a great teams. And uh, and I just, you know, super appreciate the Ravens for giving me all the opportunities in the world. All right, the uh, the Super Bowl. Obviously everyone oh, yeah. knows. So I got to go back. Did, did you know, Josh, that like Joe was on the sideline talking about Hey, if 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 he breaks this, we're gonna run out there and tack. Like, were you aware? And like, did in that moment, was there any thought in your mind to like, oh my God, what if this goes wrong? Uh, yeah, of course. All of us was thinking like, man, this makes sure we top this guy because right. this is again, who's probably one of the fastest guys in the league. And uh, all we thought about was just running down. And I wasn't trying to run as fast as I could. I was just trying to make sure I get to a point, slowing down, and just. You know, whenever time get a chance to break to make a tackle on him, just to make sure, we get him, wrap him up, bring him down. Um, and obviously, he missed. He broke a lot of tackles on that on that run. But uh, uh, just thankfully, Joe didn't have to do it, so I took care of it. So I appreciate it. <laughs> we'll nev- <laughs> appreciate we'll never have, have to know how the yeah how the officials exactly. would have handled that. We'll never have to have that conversation. Um, did exactly. you in the after? Did, did you immediately realize like that you were going to be now forever inter- intertwined with Ravens history, or did it like take a little while? for it to strike you that we would still be talking about that years down the road? <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, it's just a surreal moment. At the end of the day, it's a Super Bowl, and it's still the victory for us in this, in this prestigious organization. And just to be able to, to be a part of that, it's just it's grateful in itself. And I, I, I didn't start the year off that I wanted. Uh, you know, I broke my back in camp earlier that year. And um, I was trying to figure out where I stand on this team and this roster. And, um, you know, starting from that to, okay, obviously I'm playing meaningful games, I'm doing special teams, then playing meaningful games, starting games, yeah. then making that uh, final tackle is just, uh, you know, it's just a whole 180 from how I started that year. And, and it's just been, you know, it's just been a blessing to be a part of the organization just and to win that Super Bowl and help the Ravens Nation, uh, Fox Nation, just to, you know, celebrate. Hopefully we get a chance to celebrate sometime soon another one. All right, so a couple of things. One, did, did you – have another moment like besides winning a Super Bowl it's specifically with the Ravens that was a we always used to use the term pinch me moment on the show like the oh my god I can't believe I'm here whether it was like a first interaction with Ray Lewis or Ed Reed or did you have anything else during your time in Baltimore you were like I genuinely can't believe that this is my life. Did you have anything else like that? You know what? What's crazy enough, when my first, you know, a lot of people, people don't know who we are next to in locker rooms and stuff like that. So in the locker room, um, to my right, I'm not mistaken, was Marshall Yonder. Okay. Pro bowler. Yep. No. Over in that, that, Hall that, of Fame. that sort of weird corner that yep. used to exist in the locker yes, room. Yeah. Exactly. Early on, right? Yeah. Then to my left was the Lodi Nada. Yep. And to the left of him was Terrell Suggs. Mm-hmm. That was my corner of locker room with those guys. Uh, so I had that. That was more of like, like I'm I'm next to like legends. Like at the time, I already knew they was great, but you know, obviously they all three of them just turned up. Just they just phenomenal people. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Like they just they all paid a part in me trying to figure out where I stand in this league, and you know, and all that. And then some gave me a lot of tips, 
and we talked all the time about everything. And uh, that was like, my guys, like I'm, I'm, I'm in the league and I'm next to guys who are like, you know, I looked up to and thought was like, you know, I would never imagine having these conversations with them about ball and, and just, and just our families, our kids hanging out, hanging out together. It's just a, it's a crazy moment being like, that was like, dang, I'm, I'm in NFL. And then obviously I said the story before being Ed Reed, like um, being him uh, as my guy still to this day. And um, we were, my first start gets the Broncos. He took me, let me come to his house. And wow. we, we sat down in the basement and me and him just sitting there watching film and going over the Broncos and stuff like that and how he watches the game and breaks it down and stuff like that. Then seeing how it shows up on Sundays is even, is even crazier. And uh, I appreciate him for giving me that knowledge. And I took a lot of those things me and him talked about, to, you know, every, you know, my whole entire career is how to study film pitches, the offense on a whole different level than I can ever imagine. And uh, definitely super grateful um, for that. And those are some moments I can think of early on. That's my really cool. That maybe <laughs> That's really cool, man. Like that is, that is a game. And Ed will tell you, he kind of got that from Ray, right? Like that is, exactly. that is really cool. And, uh, and obviously being in a room, Ray Lewis don't I mean, make it, right, you know, it's right, even crazy. I mean, I mean, come on, yeah, on the regular. Right. <laughs> it's like, this is, this is real life. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yes, of course. I've never asked you before. One of my favorite people in that building is Joe Hortiz, who is the Ravens director of scouting. Oh yeah. And so everybody, for people that know Joe, Joe is like Mr. Auburn. Like he is, mm-hmm. it, it is, it is what he cares about. His passion in life is Auburn football. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe because there was an Alabama man in charge for a long time, there weren't <laughs> a lot of Auburn guys over the years. Exactly. Did exactly. You, did I'm you, with you on that. Did you know, like, how much it meant to you or how much it meant to him that, like, he was able to get you and you were able to have success? And, like, did, did you guys have a bond because of that? You know, me and Joe always had a bond. He texted me. Matter of fact, we texted yesterday. Um, just congratulating my long career, and of course, you know, just having that armor bond. We text all, you know, throughout the years, of course, and he, you know, been a, a big advocate for me um, as well. And just, I'm just so grateful that all those years ago, and he wanted to bring me into the organization that I, I panned out to have such a a long career. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably thought before that probably wouldn't even have this long career, and it worked out. And I got to give Joe Ortiz all the the salute in the world and uh, and a war eagle. As always, <laughs> and I appreciate him and, and giving me all opportunity uh, to play this game at a high level and obviously play it for the, the best organization in the world, the Ravens. It's, it really isn't no organization like it. And I, I, I wish I could say in fans, I wish they, y'all I'm telling you it's not over-exaggerated. I'm pretty sure you guys hear this enough. You got guys who play for other teams oh, but chose to retire as a Raven for, for a reason uh, because it's a, it's a first-class organization. It starts all the way from Bashadi. And it trickles all the way down from the, you know, to Eric, you know, as a GM to Harbs as a head coach, and uh, it's just, it's just amazing uh, organization. Did you ever say to him something like, "Hey, bro, if you love me this much, why didn't you draft me?" You know what? You know, <laughs> hey, look, it is what it is. I can't complain on that part because who knows? Like, I, I thought about coming my junior year. Would I have played this long in the league? Still, that's, that's a fair question. Yeah, right. You know, that's and, a fair question. You know, you can't question how how God has things happen, and they happen the way it happened, and. You just go with the punches and and just keep going from there and uh and I still 
I can't can't be more thankful than I am today. And plus, you wouldn't have gotten the national championship, right? Like, and, and that's Hampton I mean, exactly. That's and kind would of, I have ended up as a Raven being drafted man, and won a Super Bowl? You know, man. all those things play a part. That's cool, man. <laughs> all right, uh, now moving forward, what's 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 next for you? Like, what what does life look like? You know, you've had a little bit of time now. You make it official. What is is it just chilling? I know you had your kids there with you, which was awesome. But like, yeah. what's what's next for Josh Bynes? For next is just you know now it's figuring out not not necessarily figuring out, but just now it's going to is is coaching is going to be the decision or going to media. Uh, I feel like I have, I have the ability to do both, and uh, and coaching obviously it seems like you know the next move and it's something I've been loving to do and and passionate about, and and I feel like I've had a long career of knowledge and be able to you know pass that down to other guys and help them have long careers as well and just teach the game of football um from i feel like it's from a player level it's, it's, it's a lot different and be able to relay that to them to you know simplify the game as much as possible um and you know in any way capacity so i'm definitely looking forward to that opportunity uh for sure as well that's cool uh, obviously the days are a little bit longer in coaching as you know i don't know i don't know if you're still yeah, up for course. like those 14 hour days at this point in your life man there's uh yeah those guys are working and then uh I, yeah i i, I maybe it's a, a little bit awkward because i guess he, he kindly kind of maybe stepped in and took your spot but like seeing what roquan like can you define because i think we've all attempted to try to define what the impact of Roquan Smith has been on this football team. You obviously saw it firsthand. Can you explain exactly what he's done and how transformative he's been for this organization? Wow, he's just been uh, so awesome. And it's just what this organization uh, has been needed since um, Ray Lewis and C.J. Mosley left. And he epitomizes the, the game of how to play the game at the middle linebacker position. And uh, he really is. He's fast. He's quick. He's uh, all uh, full of emotions. Uh, take it personal every single time he walks on the field. And uh, just a help football player. And just all he want to do is see somebody, see whoever has the ball and hit him and knock him to the ground. You see that relentlessly throughout every play. And, uh, and he just he's just an awesome person on and especially off the field. That guy's a great dude, great personality, and definitely just uh, just one of a kind for sure. And just see him and PQ just do their thing this year. It's been uh, it's just super amazing. That's awesome, man. Josh Bynes, so happy for you, bro. I know it's uh, Bynes yeah, time. Bynes time fifty six on Twitter is it, and it's J yeah. J A B fifty six on Instagram, correct? Yes, yes, correct. Josh, uh, congratulations is the word that comes to mind. What an unbelievable run you've had in this league, and we can't wait to see what's next for you. We're grateful for everything that you did for the Baltimore Ravens over the years. And I uh, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to chat with us this morning, man. Of, of course. Thank y'all for having me so much. And I appreciate y'all. Josh Bynes, uh, former Ravens linebacker, after he uh, made his retirement official over the weekend, retiring as a Raven. Uh, great to have him back. And, I mean, what a run. Like, it's one of those incredible success stories and one of those neat stories that we just kept coming back to, right, where you didn't know exactly how to define it. But, like, the Ravens... He really became like in case of, well, if something's going wrong, we can always call Josh Bynes. If it's something's not working, let's just just call Josh. He'll come in here. He'll fix it. I mean, his role in 2019, critical. I mean, like, critical. It's easy to forget because when we think of 2019, all we think of is running the ball and Lamar and the brilliance. 
it's easy to forget what a mess, because remember the win streak, but what a mess the defense, in particular the linebacker position was, and the solution was LJ Fort and Josh Bynes. And you look back on it like, what? <laughs> like, that solved all your problems? Yes. Yeah. Eh. It did. I don't even remember exactly when during the season it was that they made. Um, well, because was it when they traded Kenny Young, I guess? or No, they traded Kenny. That? I think they they realized that Kenny Young was expendable after, uh, they, after had, they brought in. Yeah. Who did they bring in? October first. 2nd was when they signed Josh Bynes gotcha. on 2019. When and then they, was Fort there the entire camp? That's what I, I feel like they signed both of them. I feel like they were both uh, September 30th, LJ Fort signed with the Ravens. So it was the same week. After a mess Duh. of a start, they signed LJ Fort and Josh Bynes off the street. And it was, okay, like, we'll we'll see. And the answer was... It worked. Impossible to understand. It, you know, somebody would say it's somewhat similar to like Kyle Van Noy and Jadeveon Clowney being the answers this year, but at least like those guys had a pedigree. Like at least those guys were at a point in their career top-notch players. I don't want to take anything away from Josh Bynes and L.J. Ford. Like the nice guys and solid players, but they didn't have the pedigree of those guys. That was the Ravens' solution a month into the season when it was going wrong. L.J. Fort and Josh Bynes. And all it did was turn into the greatest regular season they've ever had. Wild. Wild, man. Really wild how that worked out. But, uh, yeah, really really cool story for Josh Bynes and the career that he was able to put together. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning to reflect on that. All right, winding down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Again, we will be at Alonzo's tonight as soon as I know. And as soon as the show ends, I'm going to talk to Tyus and see if I can't get an answer from him. But as soon as I know something, I will let you know who's going to be joining Tyus at Alonzo's tonight. The point is, if it's dependent upon that, I don't know that I want you there. I want you to come out and join us for the Tyus Bowser show tonight. Also, if you've been you know, thinking about trying to help us out with helping up mission, stop up, drop it off with me tonight. I'll make sure it gets there. Anything, toiletries. I've had people have said, hey, do you still do coats? We don't still do coats. But if you happen to have some, they could use them. They just can't take on the massive donation that we used to bring them. But if you have a few, please let me know. And, um... You know, I'll I'll figure out a way to, to get them there. And you can just stop by tonight at Alonzo's, and I'll get them from you, and I'll take them over for you. So that's um, just that's all what's going on. And as soon as I know, I'll make sure I pass it along to you. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to Yeah? Can I set, uh, oh, set yeah, my meter? you want to set the Lamar meter, sure. On my Lamar yes. All right. What do you want to – so where uh, it was we last at, week – We were at 49 last week. Still higher than I would have it, but – it's um, not. I have no. After, I have no dog in this fight. After after the events of uh, yeah, the number one seed in of the this AFC. week, I mean, uh, yeah, things certainly only got better. So I think I'm gonna have to notch it up to. I mean, cl- as Mike Golick Jr. said yesterday, clear cut. Yeah, best he did team say in the that. AFC he said right that a now. Clear cut. Best team. Um, in the AFC. I mean, the only teams that you 
maybe worry about are the Niners and the Cowboys, and you don't have to worry about that. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see the Niners in two weeks, but you don't have to worry about them until, you know, the second weekend, weekend of February. So uh, let's notch it up one more percentage point. Whoa, you're going pure 50, 50-50? 50%. Wow. Look at 50% chance that Lamar wins a Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, a lot of that leaning on, you know, the events of this This season. particular part of the Lamar meter was not fully round, so it's a little bit different. Exactly 50. We'll, we'll call that 50 50. All right. 50 50. Griffin 50. says, I have no, this is not my area anymore. So I put my hands in the air, wave them like I just don't care. No, I just, okay. That's what Griffin says. True. 50 50% chance that Lamar Jackson will win a Super Bowl during his time, uh, during the time on this contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Correct. Very good. That is set. Now, let's get a tidbit. Thank you. Thank you. Tidbit is brought to you today by Superbook. And if you are feeling confident, by the way, it's funny, it didn't happen last night. On Between Sunday night and Monday morning, the Ravens became the new AFC favorite. So even before, before. the Dolphins had lost well, and the Ravens had taken over the number one seed, the Ravens had taken over as the favorite in the AFC. After the events of last night, the Ravens have a little bit of separation as the favorites in the AFC, plus 220 wow. to win the AFC. Wow. The Chiefs and the Dolphins, both plus 300. The Bills, by the way, are now the fourth favorite at 9-1. to one. Then the Jaguars, 13-1. to one. Joe Flacco and the Browns, 20-1. to one. They're fifth? They're, they're sixth, and they actually have – they still – they have – this is the wild part to me. The Browns are 20-1. to one, The Broncos are 40-1. to one. I'm not saying I think the Broncos are going to win the AFC – but looking at those odds yeah, and saying exactly. what's the ticket. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Joe gets to pl- gets to January. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm, I'm saying is I'm take some twenty to one. No, I'm saying the Broncos at forty to one. Two fifty, you said I get. What? Yeah, if you do get two fifty, that part is true. Uh, Ravens plus two twenty to win the AFC, and the updated Super Bowl odds now have the 49ers as heavy favorites at plus one sixty. Next, the Ravens at plus 650, then the Cowboys at plus 800 with the Dolphins and the Chiefs. So, you want to get in. If you think that number is going to keep uh, getting smaller and you want to get your bets in now, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23, and when you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, Superbook.com or the Superbook app. What you got? Tommy DeVito. He completed 80% of his passes. He rushed for over 70 yards, and he had zero turnovers in the game last night. There's been only one other quarterback to ever put up a stat line. Say that one more time. 80% completion percentage, 70 yards on at least 15 passes uh, attempted. 70 yards is the smallest number to set this. Rushing, sorry, rushing. I'm like, what? 70 rushing yards, and he had zero turnovers. 80% completion percentage. 70 rushing yards. I don't know. Lamar? It was not Lamar. The 80% is a crazy yeah. number. Arizona's calling. What he do you is, think they uh, want? Well, he has a Diamondbacks? Back, yeah. Um, they want to trade us Eduardo already? I'm all in. All right. Let's Let's talk. Why they couldn't have signed that? He, that deal, by the way, a deal I would have done. I know we can it? do this about everybody, but like, I looked at that deal and thought to myself, that is exactly what the, the Orioles should have been doing to try to upgrade their starting pitching. Um, it was, I mean, it was 80 million over, was it four? I think, yeah, four year, $80 million deal. That's the, that's the reasonable, not going to set you back forever, but you have to pay top prices to get 
that type of player, that's the type of deal that like I feel like the Orioles should have been swimming in those waters. And the fact that they weren't concerns me greatly. But nothing I can do about that today. And I, as I said yesterday, I know everybody's pointing out like the dichotomy between the Ravens making their announcement while the Orioles still haven't. I get it. I get it. It's what it is. He was a former Raven. Former Raven. Randall Cunningham. Not Randall Cunningham. Uh, Cordell Stewart. Not Cordell Stewart. Jeff Blake. Not Jeff Blake. Tyrod Taylor. Not Tyrod Taylor. Poor Tyrod. He's never going to get a chance now. Anyway. Oh, yeah. It's over. <laughs> 100%. Not New York. I mean, I don't know if somebody else would still give him a shot, but... Um, okay. <laughs> a former Raven. He did this in November Chill. of... Chill. Okay. All right, go ahead. November of 2012. Not with the Ravens. November of 2012. Not with the Ravens. It was, um, it was his rookie year. It was his rookie year. Yeah. Wait, it was his rookie year, and then he ended up with the Ravens. Correct. Matt Schaub? No, Matt Schaub. When did he come into the league? It was... I don't remember. I'll give you the team, and I guess that'll give it Jimmy away. Jimmy Clausen? No, it wasn't Jimmy Clausen. All right. It's actually an answer to yesterday's tidbit. I already forgot what yesterday's tidbit was. No, it was the three-loss Heisman. Three Heismans. Oh, RG3. RG3, yeah. yes. Yeah, he went 14 yeah. for 15, had four touchdowns. Uh, against the Eagles as the, the the Washington Football Club took down. He also had 80, 80 rushing yards, RG3, and Tommy DeVito. Well, I mean, that was, I guess, I, I don't Superstar. even know if I need another one for Superstar. you. Superstar. Um, Debo Samuel, he became... Uh, here, if it, can you save it? Yeah, sure. All right, because I got a couple things. Okay. I've got... Um, well, I, well, I had two that you would never get. That's what I was oh, just going to read. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Debo Samuel became the second player in NFL history to total at least 100 yards receiving and score both a rushing and receiving touchdown in back-to-back games. Second player to ever do that. Only time it ever happened was Eagles running back in 1960. Timmy Brown. Ah, old Timmy Brown comes from. I, it's weird how he managed to stay around long enough to end up with the Raiders later. It's kind of remarkable when you think about it. And then, how did he play at Notre Dame? How did he still have <laughs> eligibility there? I don't get that. Comes from Dante uh, Koplowitz Fleming. He does an NFL research thing every week. Okay. A lot of lot of love to him. He helps me out with these. Uh, Dak Prescott also is currently on pace to be the first player in the Super Bowl era to lead the NFL. In passing touchdowns, the season after leading the NFL in interceptions the year prior. How about that? The only other player to do so in NFL history was Brett Favre. No, it was not uh, before the Super Bowl era, 1945, 1946. Bob Waterfield. Oh, Bob Waterfield. Hall of Famer, Bob. Bobby. Bobby. So Dak looking to do that if he can uh, stay Uh, on top of the touchdown passes. Titan stat shares Derrick Henry, the third player in NFL history with 10 or more rushing touchdowns in six straight seasons. The other two were? It was Titans? No, NFL history. NFL history. Because I feel like Titans, Eddie George isn't on the list. No. No other Titans on the list. uh, You are so obsessed with the Titans. Barry. Not Barry Sanders. Um, Jim Brown. Not Jim Brown. Lenny Moore? Not Lenny Moore. Man, six straight seasons with 10 rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Damn. LT. LaDainian Tomlinson is one of them, yes. Um, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is the other one. Look at that. Very right. good. The uh, sports questions at Trivia were entirely too easy last night. Very frustrating when you're the sports guy on the team and you get it and then like everybody else in the bar gets it too. Literally one of the questions was name the two MVPs in Major League Baseball this season. 
believe Shohei. Yeah, yeah, he's he eked it out. And then uh, I guess yeah, it was Acuna. Yes, of course it was, it was Acuna. Acuna. Yeah, of course it was. Also, I believe a unanimous selection. If I remember correctly, that's true. Correctly. Yeah, that's right. It was like both. Were yeah, unanimous. not difficult in any way. One of them was who leads the Ravens in receiving yards this season. Would it be? Well, I can even. I know. I see what you're struggling with. In fact, we got more information. With Mark Andrews out, who now leads uh, the Ravens in receiving yards? I think Odell. No, did you? Is it Zay? Is it Zay? Yes, it's Zay. Okay. Well, I don't know. Wow, had like I a couple hundred. Can't believe games, you got that he? one wrong. That was very. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, we, Odell had a slow a start team. to the season. Yeah, yeah I would have. did have a slow start. Okay, yeah. so so it is Zay. That makes. And sense. then the other one was part of a multi. There was a. I feel like he keeps doing like 50, 60 yard games. I, That's why. There was a multi-answer question that was like all of these things are also the name of a vacuum brand, and the hint was. The last name of the player that scored the touchdown on the Tennessee Titans Music City Miracle. It's also the name of a vacuum. Who scored the touchdown? So is it... I didn't need the other part of it in order to get that. Is it Hoover? No. I don't know. I can't remember who scored the Music City touchdown. Kevin Dyson. Oh, Kevin Dyson. Vacuum. Rough scene. Rough. rough I, I mean, scene. You know, all I know is it rough happened. Scene. Uh, uh, sadly, the other half of the Music City Miracle passed away this week. Or the yeah, that uh, that was really sad. Is a legendary former Terp and a friend of this program, Frank Wycheck. That sucked. That is just that was crushing. I love Frank Wycheck, man. Great guy. Um, he had been through a lot health wise. He opened up. I mean, the last time he was on the show, he had sort of stepped away from doing Titans games. And I don't think we knew that when we had reached out to him because it was around the time of a, I don't know, something relative related to the Titans, and we had reached out, and he started opening up about it, and we ended up having a long conversation, he and I, and um, I did not know everything that he had been going through. I think uh, real CTE problems there, just awful. I mean, if you know how he played the game, I mean, that was unfortunately going to be real. Frank Wycheck, great guy, hell of a football player. Um, was really saddened by that this weekend. I don't know how you transition from that. I don't know how you say, now let's talk about the dumb stuff that's on TV tonight. <sighs> I got to be better than that. Like I, I, gotta, I can't bring that up at that time. It's really the wrong. You always do that right going into a commercial break. That's the way that it works. Tubular, here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. Uh, it's brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Of course, the Tyus Bowser show is tonight at 7 o'clock from Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. Big Ten Network, Alcorn State in Maryland at 7 o'clock. Fox Sports 1 has Coppin State in Georgetown at 8.30. ESPN Plus for UMBC St. Peter's at 7. Uh, right now, the Maryland women are hosting Towson. They did a field oh, yeah. trip day thing. Uh, that's on Big Ten Network Plus. Nothing really significant college basketball tonight. TNT has Lakers, Mavericks, 7.30, obviously. Um, now, they've already won their championship, the Lakers, so I'm not sure if they really care about any of the rest of this because they're, the cha- they're, they're the champions. So why would they care about the Mavericks game tonight? That's 7.30. Warriors, Suns follow Big at 10 o'clock. Spot, yeah. I, I mean... How do you how do you possibly come back? God, I wish I wish I could pretend. I think I get the Vegas flu too. You know. I, yeah, that's right. 
I wish I could pretend that like it was as cool as you guys think it was. I wish I wish I could live that world where like you don't have to actually have a conversation. Can't do it. Gotta remember. Well, that'll be the tidbit in ten years. You know, who was the first ever? Yeah, NBA Cup champion. Yeah, I don't know. Even the internet will be able to remember that. ESPN Red Wings <laughs> Blues seven thirty. I did appreciate the Michael Jordan never won an NBA Cup. <laughs> that was good. Like social media content the funny thing is i thought of that like on sunday morning and then i went to twitter and everybody was already doing it so too late red wings blues 7 30 on espn blackhawks oilers at 10 and the usa network for wwe nxt tonight at eight non-sports of course another episode of big brother reindeer games on ah, cbs of course of course and uh, uh on fox a big one is the masked singer holiday sing-along special can't miss that. With PFF Sean in Can't. attendance. What? The other PFF Sean, my PFF Sean that lives out in uh, Los Angeles. Is there literally nothing else to do? Yeah, apparently. Like, did he go <laughs> over the entire? Li- like, has he been to all of the 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 light displays? I thought he needed to make sure California? he checks out a snake oil taping because snake Jesus oil, snake oil Christ. is uh, is nuts. People people in that one they go they're like. Going to the snake pit. I've and they only do this. ever gone to. T- no, no, yeah. we're not doing that. We're, no. Snake pit. Snake pit. Stop. I've only ever seen two show tapings in my life. I went to Letterman once. That was always oh, wow. a big deal for me to go to Who Letterman. <sighs> Doesn't matter. Cheryl Crow was the musical oh. guest. I don't remember who that. Like one of the guests was like a clear like fill in for somebody yeah. that they tried to get. It was like. A, a rugby player that like lost a finger or something like that. It was a very clear fill-in guest. I don't remember who the other guest was that night. It was great though. I was, I, I I'd always wanted to do it. I was an obsessed Letterman guy. It was really cool to experience it. We went to Rupert G's beforehand. It was awesome. Um, I've never done SNL. Like it's yeah, that seems like that would always be something that I would want right. to do. And everybody's like, well, you could probably get in for the rehearsal, but like it's almost impossible to get in for the actual live show. Um, the only other show was I. I think I've talked before. I'm a big fan of the band Our Lady Peace. It's a Canadian band. They had a lot of hits. They were great, and they were doing. So there was another network. It was. It wasn't MTV. It was called like Much Music or something like that. That also had a New York studio and was trying to do like an alternative version of TRL. Like when TRL was a big deal. They were like, now here's one for rock, like for actual bands. So they were doing this other, and I don't even remember what the show was called, but Our Lady Peace like sent out this thing asking people to come to the taping of this because they wanted to like, they had a new album coming out, and they wanted to generate buzz, and like they clearly weren't gonna get on MTV, so like this was their way of doing it. And so my buddy and I, who are both Our Lady Peace fans, were like, let's go up. And they were playing a show in New York that night. So we are like, we'll go to the taping, and then we'll go to the show that night. And I don't remember what that thing was called, but it was also a music video count. It, the nice. dumbest. Like, you watch them get interviewed for like 10 seconds, and then you left. <laughs> Good thing you went. Stupid. Very stupid. You saw but that. I went to the show that night, so it was worth the trip up to New York. Uh, um, anything else? Uh, Keegan Michael Key, Charles Melton, and Lainey Wilson on Jimmy Kimmel. Sure. Charles Melton, he's the kid in uh, May, December. Have you watched it yet? I have not, no. People are, people are saying it's good? Well, I, actually, I, so. I watched it too. It was, you say this so. Is, this was the seventh grade kid. This was, so this was, it was a true story. I didn't know that going, like, I didn't, I didn't realize it was a true story. It's, uh, I forget what the lady's name was. It was, uh, oh, God, her name was, like, Mary Kay. 
Letourneau. Yes. Oh, Letourneau. it's about her. Yes. I didn't yes. know that. Yeah. It's like it's it's. I didn't. Oh, know, I didn't know that either. Going. You in. definitely did not. I didn't realize it was a true story. Though, oh, it's very much. It was one of the most captivating stories. In, uh, it is insane. It's bat ass. Ridiculous. Bat ass insane. Uh, well, Charles Mount was pretty good at it. Wasn't one of them dead now? Uh, yes, she just died. She just Letourneau died. just died. Okay. Um. I will watch Julianne Moore plays now, Letourneau. I will watch that show. Yeah, Julianne Moore I, plays. If you had sold if you had sent me. I didn't know that. To me, I thought it was like a, a just a, a random show about. I will about a seventh grade. That's my boy. Yeah, I yeah, thought it was that's yeah, my boy. Right? God, worst movie ever made. Um, I will watch that show now. Yeah, it's a movie. It is a movie. Okay, movie. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I will um, watch it. It just yeah, just because yeah, I had, I had knew nothing about I didn't well, know, yeah, I didn't know about this. Twenty thing. years old, right? Yeah. Sydney Sweeney will be on Fallon with Tate McRae, and then uh, Kate McKinnon and Carmelo Anthony. I don't Seth Myers. It's random. Oh, he's yeah. like doing a podcast now or oh, something. Yes. Um, I, I don't Tate McRae's music just doesn't do a lot for me, but she is lovely. Like she is a lovely young lady. So is Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, hundred percent on that. I like her music about as much as I like Tate McRae. Sydney McCray's Sweeney music. was at the UFC fights that we went to in, uh, in yeah. Newark. Uh, I, I every time I, I hear Tate McRae, I like because it's I like upbeat pop music. Like I'm in favor of that, but then I'm like these songs just do not connect with me in any way. Like I have found none of her songs to be one that I would ever remember or sing along or care about whatsoever. Yeah, but she's I can't. Yeah. Um, one of the categories last night, these four shows were nominated for uh, best TV show at the Emmys, but was it for comedy or for drama? That's what you had to answer. Comedy or okay. drama? Barry. Comedy. The Bear. Drama. Comedy. Damn. White Lotus. Drama. Yes. Okay. Wednesday. Comedy. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was three comedies? I, th- I thought it was not. It was a non-zero that the bit was that they were all comedy. Because like, that's the way it goes anymore. Is they nominate, if you like get one laugh in a show, they're like, you're a comedy. Like that's what everybody. Every I was show. trying to explain that to everybody be, at the table. I'm like, I understand because they're like, dude, isn't the bear like intense? And I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, it's intense in a way that they also make right. jokes. Like, no show should be classifying itself as a comedy, in my like opinion. Like, maybe maybe like a sitcom, you know, like that when you're. I mean, going for Barry is definitively it's it's, it's like Sopranos is like I think that show's hilarious, and but that's not the point. That's a funny thought. That's a funny thought like, as to whether or not it was ever nominated for best comedy. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I didn't like, care. All right, very good. Let's Fargo and Hard Knocks tonight as well. Oh, I do love Fargo. I don't care about Hard Knocks at all. Although I guess oh, no, this would have been from last week though, so it wouldn't yeah. cover their loss last. So maybe night. next week, two weeks episode. Or yeah, yeah, is it two weeks? weeks? Yeah, two, two weeks. weeks. Whenever they play, whenever they three weeks. Whenever they play Miami. All right. Um, today's show. Oh, I already did all the sponsors, right? I got everybody in. I, I did. Think so. I did. We covered it. We talk about who Stan's talking to. Yeah, we did all okay. that. We're okay, all good. good. All right, uh, thanks today to Josh Bynes. Thanks to Joe Serpico. Thanks to Wes Brown. Thanks to Patrick Stevens and a little cameo from Steve Johnson as well. No thanks to him, that jerk. Get it all up in the greatest hit section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything tomorrow? I think Drew is doing a drive-by tomorrow. Yeah, Drew is doing a drive-by. Yeah. It's about the duck. and uh, a- Anything? Stuff and things. Oh, boy. All right. Very good. Thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Maryland. Go Coppin. Go UMBC. Duke sucks.